It's 11.59 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. All right, welcome everybody to our Daily Gun Show. Come to you live every weeknight at midnight-ish or later, depending on if they hork the time out from Andrea. And uh, we talk about guns for an hour or more, in this case, approximately two hours. Um, this is episode 1511 of our podcast. We've been doing this live every weeknight since 2016. It's 2023, so... You do the math, that's approximately 1,511 episodes. If we never missed an episode, but we technically have missed a few episodes. So I don't know if anybody's out there. We do this live, and uh, we're off a little bit tonight because of whatever they call daylight savings time. Being based in Arizona and forgetting that everybody else switched the times out from under us. So we're a little bit late tonight. Thanks for joining us. Wesley's out there. Uh, if you could give me some kind of sound check, I'm by myself, so I don't know if uh, the audio is getting out there. But we go live for a couple of reasons. I don't like the whole scripted, produced stuff. I don't like watching it. I don't value it, so I don't create it. I'm comfortable doing it this way. I've been doing it for a long time, and I this is the kind of stuff I consume when I'm watching stuff or I'm participating in stuff. And that's the other part of it is it's participatory. So we go live because it's happening in real life. I'm not trying to present something to you. I'm not trying to change your mind or have you buy something. I'm just trying to keep a conversation going, ideally to normalize guns so that we remove the, uh, I don't want to say ignorance because that sounds like a you know, bad word, but the unawareness that has created the gaps in understanding and uh, the they're using those against us, our property and our rights, and, and it's frustrating. So what we're trying to do here is is remove that and have a conversation, normalize guns at the same time, get better at using the internet, <clears throat> get better at conversations. So this show has been going on for 1,500 episodes, and I don't do it for fame. I would like to be doing it for fortune at some point, so I'd be happy to be making a lot of money at this eventually. But we're here for a reason. We're 1,500 episodes in because we've got some goals. And some of those goals are to change the playing, the, the playing field, change the game. Uh, the internet is an extension of all the other mediums that have existed. Unfortunately, it's a lot different. Or fortunately, it's a lot different. But it's still treated in many ways like a, like a magazine or like a uh, radio or something that you you don't participate in other than after the fact. But in reality, the internet allows us instant participation. And in one instance, I sent out an email, what, seven minutes ago to a bunch of people. And now Barbecue is able to join me from a completely different state, unannounced, you know, not scheduled or anything. And that's the kind of power we have with a live show. So anyway, thanks, Barbecue, for joining us. Yeah, no problem. I literally just saw the email. I, th I thought you probably sent it like an hour or two ago. I was like, crap, I'm late. But glad to know it was only like 30 minutes ago. I barely started the show late because I was sending it. So I've got a couple of things to chat about. I've just been kind of riffing here to let people join because I'm a half an hour late starting the show. 
But uh, I also like to say this once in a while so that people that might have found the show or people that are listening to this a podcast, uh, I don't assume as much that uh, you know what our deal is, but we've got goals with this show. And some of those goals are to empower the people that are out there doing stuff and to motivate them and to uh, give them an, an assist, right? Give them uh, some inspiration and some options. Uh, aside from that, we want to normalize guns, and we can do that by talking about them, talking about more than just the fear, more than just the concern, more than just the the danger and the violence, but all the fun stuff, all the mechanics, all the chemistry, all the metallurgy, all the mechanics, all the science, all the stuff that's valuable. And then, of course, there's all the, the martial end of it, which I'll talk about anytime you want. In fact, we devote a day to that each week. But uh, our goal is to normalize guns, and we can do that by empowering each other to be better at communicating about them, be more comfortable with them. And with all these new gun owners, and honestly, you're all new gun owners, sorry to say it, but I'm way older than all of you, and I've had guns since I was a baby. So that is a way to live, and a lot of us didn't get that opportunity, so most everybody is a new gun owner. But uh, when we have all these actually even newer gunner owners laying around, um, you know, there's all the more reason for people to participate and be part of this whole thing because there's very few traditions that'll last going forward in time, I'll, I'll, except for the real traditions of, like that matter. Anyway, DJ's joining us. Thanks for jumping in. Good evening. Glad to be right. here. So, Gizzard's going to jump in. That's good. We're trying something new today. Uh, I am now definitely a fan of AI. Uh, you're all fooling yourselves. You're all Betamax people. If you think AI is something to fear, you're all a bunch of eight trackers. If you aren't getting on the bandwagon, this is definitely not a fad. It is super cool. It is as here's the thing. I was around when the internet took off and I got to work at AOL when it was just taken off. Like I got to see some really cool stuff when the DSL happened, the high speed internet. A lot of you don't even remember when the internet was slow and lame and and we knew the potential of it because we were sitting on the back end of it we were sitting on a hub i knew what fast internet was in 97 so i knew what fast internet was gonna be so i got to see what what is like for people to experience fast internet and then the internet to catch up then there was phones we all got to experience phones whether you, you remember it or not or whether you perceive that you were there during phones think about it you were there during phones, you were there during smartphones and you were there during where apps and everything just became invisible. Like we've been there for some paradigms or ships or whatever. This one's happening. AI is so cool. It's about, and it's crazy. So anyway, I'm using an AI to create today's show. So as soon as Gizzard gets in here, we'll actually start off. But we've got a two hour outline uh, to talk about content creation. So we'll see if we can stick within the robot overlords time constraints and do an actual two hour show. By the time Gizzard gets in here, I'll have been done blabbing. I'm going to go check my coffee here in a second, let you guys riff for a bit. Uh, and But maybe around the 10 minute mark, you guys get a countdown. You guys can see what time it is, right? It's eight minutes or whatever now. Uh, yep. you know, we'll try oh, to yeah. go live around 10 and we'll see if we can make it a two hour show. Thanks to the Robot Overlords for our outline today. We'll see if it's actually useful. And then if that's the case, I'm always going to have a robot tell me what to say on my show from now on. It seems like that's just the best way to go. So anyway, I'm going to go check my coffee. I'm done talking. You guys can check for a bit, and then we'll go live when Gizzard jumps in here. All right, I, well, I, I haven't done the feeling here, DJ, that uh, G-Wips has been a robot this whole time. He's just been waiting for this AI stuff to happen so they could become sentient. Um, I think this is confirmation. 
Well, there certainly has been a lot of traffic over the last couple of years, uh, robot and otherwise, uh, with G-Webs. The fascination definitely exists. I think uh, the excitement tonight is proof well of that. I haven't done a lot of um, AI stuff. Uh, G-Webs, as a matter of fact, who introduced me first to doing some of those video ones. Then I passed uh, some some other clips along. Um, AI-generated music videos was an interest of mine for a little while. You ever check out any of those, Barbecue? Negative. Also, it is quite interesting. Real quick. Uh, for the last couple of years, G-Webs has always said robot. Now, all of a sudden, it's robot. It's like the AI cleaned them up. And now with them becoming sentient, he knows how to say it properly. Uh, we need to find his battery pack and unplug him. Well, I, did, I didn't even pick up on that barbecue. Nice eye. Nice eye. That's, that's one of mm-hmm. them mandolin shifts or whatever, where you think you heard it wrong. But in actuality, I was saying it right the whole time. So it's one of them Mandalorian <laughs> shifts or whatever. The- Robots and Jedi. All right. <laughs> And bounty hunters. According, according to the robot, Gizzard has like four seconds. Oh, what the hell? Gizzard's late. Anyway, um, got my coffee here. Uh, the dog's bad tonight. Dog was super bad. The worst thing a dog can do, he did. So he's over there. He hit the TV remote? No, he pooped. Oh, well, that's like the second worst thing. I mean, hiding the TV remote is the worst thing. I take that back. Chewing up the TV remote is the worst thing. Which I had happened like a month ago. Well, I guess I technically have a TV, but yeah, I don't know. Um, but no, nah, he just had a, I don't know what his deal was, but you know, I just, he's, I don't have to do nothing. He's just like, oh man, I did a bad thing. So he's over there moping. And I don't, you know, I'm not going to tell me to do a good dog. So he's just over there moping. I'm him. Uh, so anyway, I guess Gizzard's going to jump in at some point. I'll just open up. There he is. Look at that. I won't tell the robot that Gizzard was. 51 seconds or 51 minutes no he was only 51 seconds late right yeah okay the robot probably doesn't even care anyway thanks for joining us gizzard i don't know if you heard we're using a robot to uh robot got me all glitched now to uh do the organize the show tonight also outline the I typed into the, here's what I typed into the robot. I go, create a podcast outline for a two hour chat about motivating content creators to value their voice and develop their content creation to the scale they can at a pace they are comfortable. And this is what the robot told us to talk about. It's in the description of this video. We have an introduction. We have one, two, five segments. I'll introduce the segments and I don't know how to divide one hour into or two hours into five. So is there something I'm missing there? Um, is that, that's not 10 it'd minutes. 12, it'd be 12 minutes per segment. Thank you. So 12 minutes or so, if you guys can help us, let's say 20, 10 minutes, right? Then I guess 20, 24 minutes if you go two hours. Okay, no, it's two hours. So I told it for two hours. And if you guys have two hours in, yep. yeah. So but then anyways. it's 24 minutes. Okay, so we'll try to go about 20 minutes per segment, and by the time we blab or whatever, let's just see if it even works. It might be crazy. It's not gibberish, right? It didn't come out nothing, but I don't know if it actually makes any sense. I really just copied and pasted it, so I appreciate everybody being willing to uh, experiment. 
So we've got the, I'll go through the five segments and then we'll dig in. Uh, so the introduction, we've got a segment one, why is it important for content creators to value their voice? Segment two, overcoming creative roadblocks. Segment three, scaling content creation. Segment four, engaging with your audience. And segment five, balancing creativity with and business. And then there's a conclusion. And they give us a couple of points for each of these segments. So that's sort of the outline and that's sort of the deal. I asked the robot what we should do and the robot told us and that's what we're gonna do. And now we have DJ who's a uh, kind of, um, I call him the 2A roadie. He assists a lot of shows from various uh, you know levels. He's in the community doing stuff for a while now, uh, aware and part of it without actually like hosting shows. But him and Barbecue co-host essentially the ripoff of this show, which is completely against all copyright and trademark and is in legal. We're not even allowed to talk about, I'm not allowed to talk about it for a big payoff that's coming. But uh, then there's barbecue from Pennsylvania, makes a living ripping off good shows and then does stuff on Wednesdays, I guess. Gizzard from Kansas, took me a second to remember, uh, doing the Friday night show for a long time now, uh, content creator, on multiple platforms and I'll let you guys, I just kind of briefly gave you guys a description. Let's give you guys the rest of the time here before we dig into the introduction, but just so that people know, maybe fill in the blanks with how long you've been doing content and just to throw a crazy thing in there, what on a level of one to 10, not one to seven to mess with everybody, seven being the most enthusiastic and one being the least enthusiastic, I'm about to quit. Seven, I can't wait for what's next. Where are you on the spectrum of being ambitious to create content? Tell us like a little bit about yourself, whatever you wanna say, how long you've been in the game and where you're at on that spectrum. And I'll start with Gizzard since he was the last one to jump in. Throwing them oh, okay. So uh, yeah, I'm Gizzard Gary. I've been, I've been on YouTube with my channel since uh, fall of 2018. Uh, the last three, four years, I've been a regular host of a Friday night show. Uh, as far as my uh, my uh, rating on a scale of how I want to produce content, I'd say five or six. I need to be up to seven, but I know what I need to do. I've got the mechanism in place to make that happen. I just need to work on my studio a little bit and get everything set up to where I can do stuff a little bit better and produce more better quality content. But uh, oh, I, know okay. what I, cool. I, I know what I need to do. So You're taking that more of like a barometer or a gauge. I guess I was thinking of it more of like an enthusiasm. Like if you, and I'm assuming we've all been the spectrum from like, oh, I'm done with this already. I'm out of here to like, oh man, I can't wait to see what's next. So I guess it, it not so much. from week to week. Okay, so, okay, that's fair. That's an answer. So I just meant it's not so much like how prepared you are as much as how ambitious you are is the question. I right, think. and uh, okay. yeah, ambitious right up there with a six, I'd say. Okay, appreciate it. And now just to clarify, you've been at seven, like, and then it's fluctuated and I'm sure you've been at one or low, you know, low before. And it's like- Correct. Depends on the day. Kind of thing. Um, and then barbecue, same question. 
Um, I'd first like to mention everybody that yes, I do rebuff shows. Uh, kind of like I- I'm kind of like the China of uh, YouTube gun channels. Um, rebuff good stuff, bring it out at a slightly cheaper uh, price, and then you consume all my stuff, forgetting about all the expensive stuff that is way better. Um, it's pretty Reminds good. Me, half an hour later, you're still hungry for the real food. Exactly, but each week you still go back to that same restaurant and gorge yourself for an hour. It's wonderful. So, um, as far as content creation and everything goes, um, well, you tricked me into it. Uh, not quite three years ago, been going strong with a live chat of my own for two years now. Well, almost two years. Uh, I think I've got about 300, 310. want to be technical a little bit more than that. Uh, live shows under my belt that I've hosted now. Uh, firearms owner, enthusiast, all that fun jazz for the last 30 years. Uh, I can't think of much else to that, I don't think. Oh, the uh, how enthusiastic, how ambitious. Oh, yeah. From one to seven. Um, I would say right this very second, a solid five. Out of and seven. it's gone up and down. Yes, I'd say in the last couple of years it's gone up and down. Uh, honestly, if you would have asked me uh, the same question, I'd say just a week ago, I probably would have been more like a three or four. Uh, only recently has it spurred up to a five, maybe even a five and a half. So, because you're making a killing on all of them Girl Scout cookies, because all of a sudden mm-hmm. Girl Scout money started kicking in. I got it. That's got right. It. Yep. All of a sudden, you start getting the ads. Do you got a link? Is there still Girl Scout cookies out there? There is for a very short time. Uh, I'll have to go hunt down the link. And... I'm going dry on my funds, but I'll, if it's, I didn't know how long it is. I'm still waiting for some funds, but I've got some PayPal money that I'll throw out there. So I get a couple from her. So we'll throw that link out there. Hopefully, DJ's got it handy somewhere as he's multi. Oh, no, I'll let Ghost go if you want to take a second to grab that link, DJ. Assuming you've got it, unless you want to just go because you were the first one in here. Oh, no, wait. Barbecue was first one in here. So yeah, anyway, first. Go ahead. DJ, how long? Uh, bio and hotness. Right on. Well, uh, January, early January, I've reached my 10-year anniversary. Uh, my YouTube channel did. If you check it out, there's very little to see. So I guess I'll address the ambition. I don't really have an ambition for content creation, but I do have an ambition for the participation in content creation. It's almost, on the whole, it is live chats that I participate in. Um, other content creation is something that I might aspire to at some point. Uh, it would be more like sound reinforcement, uh, maybe even video. I've done field work in both. Um, that kind of remains to be seen. So on that scale, I'm about a 1.5 <laughs> as far as creation goes. Um, and for the future, yeah, not much more. Not much more. I like I like the groove that I'm in. I really do. Uh, right. Well, there's a couple of ways to hit that. We're talking your ambition, not your ability. So like whatever you feel your your input is, which is debatable. Um, I was saying more like your your ambition, like what you you know, are you optimistic to the future or are you pessimistic? You're about to throw in the towel. It's that it's that kind of rank. So two and oh, a half, okay. like you're about to throw in the towel. 
No, I think now that I have a greater understanding of what uh, what I was answering, I'm about a five, five, five. Yeah. Okay. But again, it's fluctuated, right? For sure. Uh, it has been a pretty sustained burst since, uh, well, barbecue. Uh, barbecue dropped on DGS before I did. Um, I came in not long after um, that. Uh, he's always good with the dates. I'm horrible. And from then on, it's been sustained. I've only maybe dropped out a few days no more than four or five from what I would consider to be my consistent appointed rounds. Those are, those are self-appointed rounds. Um, I've dropped off on a couple of different regular podcasts. Like I, I no longer uh, go into say uh, SAF's polite society podcast anymore. Uh, but you know, years of doing that daily and dropping links and doing so for other ones. Um, I participate a little bit less in the social um like yeah just the social uh, the gatherings kind of kind of chats um gary's is one that i actually hang out in once in a while but otherwise that kind of you know shooting the breeze hanging out um, kind of stuff uh, i don't i don't do that much so give me a give, give me up to five five on that g so okay right on we'll go back into dj's thing here in a second but now ghost jumped in thanks for joining from arkansas content creator and well, I'll let you do your bio. Uh, years in the game, bio and hotness factor like seven. Dig it. Can't wait for what's next. One is I'm about to get out of here. I'm done with this whole thing. Uh, yeah, I started my channel in June of 2017, I think. 2017, I believe. I do videos. I'm involved with four different podcasts now. Uh, really kind of love the podcast world. I've got four of them now. Do the video stuff. And as far as ambition, I'm like about a 14 probably. Right on. All right. So appreciate that because we got, we're already behind. The robot's going to get pissed. So let's go back to DJs. Uh, Gizzard Ghost have been in this the longest. Barbecue doesn't count because he gets it for free. How much would you pay to have somebody come in and when, as you're talking live, listen to your show, be participatory, and then drop links as appropriate on cue? If you had, like, if you were Trump or something, you know, and you were like, you weren't really worried about coming out of your pocket. If you were hiring somebody out of business and they were said, this is a necessary thing, how much would you expect to pay somebody to take their time to watch an entire live show, drop links as appropriate? I mean, you don't spend forever, but I mean, that's got value, right? Who's well, addressing that question? If the scenario that you just laid out, even though I don't count, um, if, if I'm like Trump and money at that point, probably really no object, uh, and I believe that stuff's truly important, I'd have no problem paying somebody like a million bucks a year. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's like super worthwhile. And that, so to not value that, DJ, is not valuing your stuff which people often don't appreciate their value but it's content creation like people just don't know that they should be having one of their crew backing them up having their back and doing exactly what you're doing like if somebody was doing it for real if i was consulting someone on how to do the shit for real and get the most bang for the buck they're going to have somebody like you doing that and you're doing it for people who couldn't and wouldn't and don't think about having somebody or even asking somebody and you're inspiring people that do it in other chats when you're not there by leading by example that's ultimately important and that is content 
So you're creating content just because it isn't a fucking video or a podcast or whatever, or whatever you could be doing. Oh, Scoot Mark's throwing real money at us. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. I see that uh, Alan Anchor is out there. I don't know what that is. Um, what you guys are saying in the back chapter. Um, I don't. Are they here already? What's the deal? Anyway, they got a link if they want to jump in. I don't know if they're already here, if they got internet or what. I put a link to Barbecue's Daughter's Cookies. So if you're interested in getting Girl Scout cookies, you can get them from uh, somebody that you know's daughter. And that'll help her out, I guess, help out her troop, right? And buy motorcycles with that. Yeah. Money, you understand? Oh, I wish they bought motorcycles. That'd be awesome. But no, uh, in all seriousness, it really does help out because... Uh, my daughter's Girl Scout troop is free. Or at least they make it free. Um, technically, they're supposed to pay dues each year, like any other activity. However, um, the leaders in my daughter's troop want to make sure that no girl who wants to do Girl Scouts is left out because their family might not be able to pay for it. So um, they pay for a lot of the girls' uh, dues if you will they pay for a lot of the girls to attend the different events if they don't have enough in their account from different fundraisers that are done things like that so uh and the cookie sales are where the majority of that money is made uh to keep options like that open for girls that may not otherwise have the opportunity to do girl scouts so i don't so if you got money you're capitalist you like redistributing resources there's a place you can redistribute it in front of somebody that does something that you value. I asked the robot, create a, pro, a podcast outline for a two-hour chat about motivating content creators to value their voice and develop their content creation to the scale they can at a pace they are comfortable, right? So you can imagine why I asked it that. On Mondays, we try to inspire and uh, inform. So it gave me the title empowering content creators, valuing your voice and scaling your content creation. And while that gave me a content creator boner, I was like, give me three alternative titles. So it gave me amplifying your authentic voice, a guide for content creators, building your content creation at your own pace, empowering tips for creators, and then the art of balancing creativity and business and how content creators can find success. So this late at night, saying all those words together, you've been programmed. So now you're ready. That was the introduction. So basically, we're talking about value and voice and how we can talk about that. Talk about a weird, like, that's like saying, like, find me structure in mashed potatoes, right? Like, that's just a weird, touchy-feely type of topic. So it gave us five segments. We're way, we're, we're completely off the robot schedule, and we're going to pay for that dearly, I'm sure. However, we've essentially done the introduction, and if Barbecue is correct with his math, we're only three minutes off if we counted the introduction as a segment. So the first segment is, why is it important for content creators to value their voice? I'll shut up and let y'all talk. Um, the robot is going to ask you to discuss the importance of authenticity and finding your unique voice as a content creator. Share personal stories and examples of successful content creators who have valued their voice for the next 24 moments or minutes. But is that work is, or is that too weird? But no, I that's think that the topic, 10 minutes, let's say. Go. I'm just going to first say, if you don't value your voice, why would you be creating content in the first place? Um, <clears throat> you know, this is kind of a narcissistic uh, thing to be doing in general because you're sitting there going, hey, 
I've got something to say and I think it's important. Listen to me. Uh, if you don't value your voice to put time into it and try and get people to listen to you, really, what are you doing it for? I understand, you know, some people might do it as just an outlet, uh, might do it as a hobby where they're just like, eh, you know, whatever happens, happens. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you're truly wanting to put out a message, you should be valuing your voice and uh, wanting people to hear you. Awesome. I think the robot approved that. I don't know if everybody has to say everything at everyone, but anybody who is interested, please feel free to chime in or tell me to shut up if there's a better way to do this. I'm just attempting to do the robot's bidding tonight. I will say everything at everyone. Well, I mean, if just having a bunch of people together once a week to discuss topics and stuff like that was sufficient, any one person could do a podcast and pretty much you know, wipe it off the slate for everybody else. But I believe everybody approaches things a little bit differently. And I didn't, speaking for myself, decide to create a show because I thought I could do it better than everybody else. I just wanted to participate and see what kind of product, if you will, that I could come up with and see if it was something I could sustain. So I don't compete with Guns Barbecue. I don't compete with G-Web's Ghost. You know, as far as my show's better, my show's worse, I enjoy them all. I participate in them all. But uh, I enjoy each one because of its uniqueness in the way it's presented. So I think you have to trust your instincts after a while and bring your show across with your personality. As Ghost does, everybody knows who Ghost is. We all know that he enjoys crayons and stuff like that. That's... That's not a problem. Uh, I don't. Uh, but uh, I have my own. Missing. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I'll have to try them sometime, to be <laughs> honest. I've never actually eaten one. I'll be honest with you. But uh, I do believe that the way each of us approach our shows differently and uh, maybe have a little bit different smattering of guests and stuff like that is what makes all the different shows each week unique and interesting to people and why we have a community of viewers out there that go from show to show and enjoy them and stuff like that. So I think uniqueness is a point of strength. So you have to know what you do, do it best, uh, try to hone the craft as much as possible and then put it out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take it a little bit differently than a show because a, a show and a podcast, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. uh, are one thing. But we're talking about content creation also. That, that oh, means crap. doing video, standalone you know, videos. And I think the biggest thing that a lot of people try to do when they get in is they see certain channels doing certain things. And they think it's a, a cookie cutter recipe. And they say, well, if I do this, this and this, then I'm going to blow up just like XYZ did. From the very beginning, I literally tell myself is I make videos that I would want to watch and just trust that there's other people out there that have the same weird sense of humor. They, they're, look, they're looking for the same kind of content. They have the same interest. So it's not necessarily valuing my voice. It's trusting that there's people that have the same type of voice. And so for me, I make content that I personally would want to watch. And if other people find it entertaining and, and, and educational and helpful, then fantastic. But I'm not trying to be anybody else. I'm just trying to do what I do 
and just hope and, and, and trust that there's other people out there that say are the same interests as me. Real quickly, let me add on to that. When I watch other channels, I see some of the things they do. If I see anything that I like, I might try to incorporate that into my videos, you know, the way they Oh, present absolutely. it is. Hey, that's, you know, it's not so much of being a copycat so much as I never thought about doing that. Let me try my swing at that. So I think we all learn from each other. Absolutely. And uh, going off of what Gizzard said, <clears throat> I'm actually a very competitive guy. So it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I try and find a way to compete. And most of the time, the other people don't even know we're competing. It's just me inside my screwed up head competing. And like show wise, like um, I I'm somebody that often is very self-deprecating. So even when I'm talking about my show, I'm like, oh, this one's a dumpster fire, which there's time. I feel like most of the time if I call a show a dumpster fire, it, it was a dumpster fire, at least in what I'm looking to put out there. Uh, but likewise, I, I often will say, oh, you know, Gizzard shows way better. Uh, Foss, uh, Ghost, uh, G-Webs, Clover, you, you, you name it. And I'm probably going to put their show over mine every single time. But uh, at the same time, I think it's kind of hard to compete when comparing shows because we're not, while we're making two-way content as far as shows go, we're not exactly on the same wavelength on what we're doing. So you, while you're comparing fruit, you know, comparing apples and oranges still doesn't quite compute. Um, but in the competitive nature of me, I might look at Gizzard and I'm like, oh man, at one point I was only a few hundred subs behind Gizzard. And then Gizzard started doing shorts and boom, he has just been crushing it in his sub count. And now the competitive side of me just is like, oh, hey, you know what? I've got to catch back up. So how am I going to do that? And you could call it copying. Maybe I'm going to do shorts then uh, because one is obviously working for Gizzard too. Uh, there's a lot of different content uh, creation expert YouTube inside people out there uh, that are like, yeah, hammer shorts. You know, it's a great way to get subs, things like that. And I, I realize subs aren't the end all be all. The, the end all be all is view time. But if you're getting people to click that sub button, then, you know, there's a good chance that they're going to get pushed another video of yours. And that in turn will eventually help with view time. Uh, but so I'm always, uh, competing in some way. And while it's nothing super serious, it's just little things that kind of give me a personal goal, I guess you could say. To well, play devil, to play, I'm oh, sorry, uh, to Go play ahead. devil's advocate. And this is just not to say that you're wrong. Cause I think that you, you're absolutely right in all that, but we're talking about this topic subs view time views none of that matters ultimately it matters you put out a product that you're proud of and whatever happens happens 100 uh, well i mean yeah but I, there's also like i'm just saying it, it, we're and, talking about value in our voices you know no no you're right you're it's a good point yeah you're right um just to so the robots to appease the robots i'm gonna cut us off just so that we're not going too far but also give me a second to say stuff so Barbecue said, 
sometimes people can't tell when he's competing, but I think of it like being on the bullet train, the, the high speed bullet train going at full speed and then casually looking out the window and seeing some little kid on a tricycle trying to race you. So we're aware that you're there. I'm just saying, we know that you're out there. The larger channels, the, the good shows, we know that you're out there. Um, and then we've got uh, Ghost. You guys both brought it in from different angles. All three of you brought it in from different angles. I don't know if DJ's going to throw anything on here because I'm corking them. But uh, ghost, ghost concept, what I got out of that is the idea of valuing your voice. Like, look, if people aren't saying what needs to be said, like I'm here to talk about this and everybody else is talking about that. Or they're talking about this in a weird ass way. So I'm going to talk about this the way I want, or I'm going to talk about that, right? I think that's what I got out of what Ghost was saying. Like, so yeah. numbers and this and that. What what I do, it definitely ain't the numbers. Like, what I'm doing ain't for the numbers. But I think it needs to be said. It needs to happen. That kind of thing. So I get. I think I get what you're saying on that one. But what Gizzard just saying, um, with the gotta go back and look at my notes, um, by or at least what I heard from when Guzzard was describing there, and I was going to ask the people who've been listening for long enough, you don't have to have listened to what I've listened to or paid attention to over the years, but whatever it is that you've been paying attention to that's actual people, right? Not just prepared product, but like people doing their thing. Gizzard's show is an evolution of a show that he must have been watching and he's emulating a little bit which is an emulation of somebody else's show who decided to do a show based on somebody, which probably is based on Matt, right? never enough ammo, because Matt was doing stuff kind of, you know, every once in a while at the beginning, and that kind of spawned a bunch of people who then spawned people. But that's what I'm getting at. It's like the evolution comes from the example, right? If you're not out there valuing your voice to be part of it, then it ends right like it doesn't keep going i guess i I'm, maybe i'm crapping out on that but what you were talking about there um made me think about how value in your voice like putting your thing out there uh okay i'm missing i'm losing it but anyway dj do you have anything or if you guys want to riff on anything i just brought out there we, we can go till 40 before we have to go to the next segment oh uh, should be able to go till 48 right because if it's 24 minutes per segment. Yeah, but we are got to be behind. We're only on segment. Oh, one. yeah, because you said you only want to go to about 20 minutes on each one because, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, my bad. Did I give Shefire's link? You're not obligated to jump in, but you're welcome to for sure. Anyway, I don't know if DJ's got anything. He muted and he stayed muted. Um, oh, something freaked uh, out. Uh, well, I was going to throw in one thing. Um, because, again, going on what Go said, you know, the key is valuing valuing your voice and while i just mentioned like yeah i can chase some of those numbers and uh i might be competing with gizzard or you know obnoxious one who knows you know for whatever reason i might see you know maybe just one of their videos did uh you know a certain amount of views or something and i'm like oh man i could do the exact same uh video topic and when if i'm gonna in a sense copy something like that it's not because i'm chasing uh anything like those numbers it's because i want to still do that content um you know i'm not going to sit here and put out a bunch of shorts if i don't want to put out shorts because you know what if i don't want to do it i'm going to have no motivation and if i don't have the motivation one uh i'm not going to keep doing it and two uh 
the quality is going to be less than what I want to put out in the first place. So, um, yeah, I agree a hundred percent with ghost on that aspect as well. I guess like, let's say that you're a painter and you like painting, right? <clears throat> and the best thing to do if you're a painter is to have somebody pay you to paint because then you're painting, you're doing what you want to do and somebody else is paying for it. And if you really enjoy painting and you got to go paint, you know, you're going to go paint for people so that you can get paid to paint, right? And wherever it is that you're doing that, they want you to paint pictures of snowmen and you'd rather paint pictures of beaches Right. It's is it. Are you saying something? It might, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but like you might as well paint snowmen because at least you're still painting or. Am I, am I understand? Is that what am I totally off? Well, I recently really started to subscribe to the theory that sometimes you got to do the stuff you don't want to do to pay like for the stuff video, that you want to do. I'm using a pen now. So like, if you want to video edit and you're not into shorts, but everybody's watching shorts, you might as well video edit shorts for a while because that's the trend, knowing that it's going to be something else six months from now anyway. And that way you can still video edit and still get some interaction and not try to fight the, the trend or fight the fad or whatever. Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, in a sense, uh, like I'm going to equate it to the photography stuff that I'm doing recently. Um, you know, some of the lenses and stuff that I want now, uh, even for third party lenses, brand new, you're talking 1500, two grand for some of them. And you're like, Holy cow. So while I might want to just be doing more journalistic style photography where I'm shooting, uh, events and, uh, sports things for my children or something like that. Like I ponied up the cash to go to Thunder on the Prairie this year. Now, I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to be able to get there because, you know, there's still travel logistics for me to worry about. But if I get there, I don't think I'm going to film any content. Instead, what I plan on doing is just going around with my camera the whole time and taking photos of the entire event and doing a photojournalistic documentation of the whole thing. Uh, but, you know, if there's a camera or a, another lens or something that I want to get to take to that event, then, you know, maybe I have to go and do something that I'm not wanting to do. Like, uh, you know, maybe have somebody hit me up to do a family portrait or something, you know, if they're, if I'm like, Oh, well, you know, what? it's going to be 500 bucks. We'll do a hour or two session and take a bunch of photos. And then I got to go home and spend hours editing and everything else. So be it. But if that helps get me to that lens that I want for this event that I want to go and take photos at, then I'm going to do that to do what I really want. If that was at all followable. No, I got you. In other words, pay the piper, I guess, a little bit. Like, do the thing that lets you get to the thing you want to do more. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you're still doing what you want. You're still editing. Kind of same thing. You know, you're still editing the pictures. It's just you're not necessarily doing editing the pictures of what you want anyway so i'm going to move on to the next one overcoming creative rope and i appreciate everybody if we're this is a horrible way to do this let me know this i'm blaming it on the robot if this is amazing then i'm taking credit for telling the robot no i actually like it i i, I think it's a pretty cool thing g okay so we we're only on segment two it's either going to get crazy at the end or by the end maybe the robot will have programmed us to be like weird or something we'll find out 
Overcoming Creative Roadblocks. Discuss common creative roadblocks content creators face and how to overcome them. Offer tips for staying motivated and inspired. Sounds like you've all been on the spectrum from one about to end this. This is lame. Or wait, I'm going to stop doing this content. This is lame. Or on the other end, seven, like this is great. I can't like the ghost of seeing I'm beyond seven. Like I can't see, can't wait to see what comes next. So that being said, uh, offer some tips for staying motivated and inspired and discuss amongst yourselves for the next 20 minutes or so creative roadblocks content creators face and how to overcome them. Thank you. I mean, I think we've all hit roadblocks. I think we've all hit the wall. Sometimes we figured is, is this worth the time and the effort? I mean, I think everyone who's done this for even a little bit has had that. Uh, I think the biggest thing that you can do is kind of what Gary was saying is it's not necessarily taking from other people. It's, when your creative juices might be running low and you hit that writer's block or that roadblock, sometimes getting ideas from other people and say, ah, I never thought about doing something like that. Sometimes little things like that can help rejuvenate your writer's block or your creativity. Um, for me, I'm not a creative person at all. Um, I'm not artistic at all. I can mess up a stick figure and I can't draw a circle. But for me, Photoshop, like when I feel like I need to get creative, I'll just go in and mess around on Photoshop because for some reason I can get creative and artistic on Photoshop. It's not because I'm not having to draw something. Uh, that's how I do it. But a lot of times I think that people, if you hit writer's block or you hit creative block, sometimes it is okay to go get ideas from other people because that is how you start. It's kind of like the movie Finding Forrester, you know, he was asked to start by copying Sean Connery's first sentence of his poem. And then from there do his own thing. Something like that takes a little bit of something from someone and that might help you create your own thing from that point on. Well, I think there's something to that. I know before I started doing the shorts, I was in kind of a funk where my sub count wasn't going anywhere. My view count was just pretty much static. And I'm like, I'm not sure how to get off of this point where I'm stuck. And uh, I had some friends suggest doing the shorts thing because they said, well, you can pick up a lot of subs that way. And it's really not hard to do at all. Um, it's not... To me, somebody who's geared towards doing, you know, live content and review videos where you have to, you know, practice in front of a camera, you've got to get stuff right and everything else. Filming a short is kind of, I hate to use the term junk video, but it's pretty simple to do. You aim a camera at your hand and you, you hold this thing and move it around, or if you're at a range, you might shoot it four or five times and 15 or 20 seconds you throw it out there with some music and hope somebody watches it and then again i've done a lot of those and you'll do three or four they'll do really well and then you'll put out two or three and they'll get like 20 views and you're like what the heck so you never know what to expect with your content sometimes you don't think your content's going anywhere and uh you do feel like you're losing a little bit of your purpose as to why am I doing this, but you got to realize a lot of your static content that you put out there is out there for the long haul. I've had videos that trickle in 50, 60 views a week and have for years, 
you know, not a lot of views all at once, but after two or three years, you look back and say, wow, I guess I have had some people watch that video after all. Uh, so, uh, you know, you've got to build, to me, build a body of work out there. And, it's, you know, some people will go out and search out your older videos sometimes and watch those. And you don't always have to be the, oh, here's the newest gun or here's the newest shiny thing. You know, I'm the first one that's got this out here. Woohoo, look at me. Here's your peak. Uh, there's something to that. But there's also something good being consistent is what you do. And kind of like you said, you do refine the art. After a while, it's like, well, maybe I need to do things a little differently. Maybe I need to shorten the intros. Maybe I need to talk a little bit faster. Maybe I need to just not talk so much at all and show more stuff on camera. You're always maybe tweaking the formula a little bit, trying to see what works. And it changes. So, you know, there is no one thing you can do that's magic. And it's like, okay, you're going to have 100,000 subs here soon. Uh, you just got to keep surfing the YouTube wave of what works and uh, trying to constantly find that where you can consistently get better. And I think we all try to, I don't know that you sit there and stare at numbers, stare at sub counts, stare at view counts, but you do, if you don't think anybody's watching your videos or looking at your stuff after a while, you're going to think, why do I do this? So yes, you're trying to you're trying to appeal to the viewers somewhat. It's kind of like fishing. The way you're describing that, it makes me think of like fishing. Like unless you're in a weird situation, you're not doing it for like food. You're doing it for recreation. So it's like you're mildly interested that you're going to be successful. There's no point in just sitting in a boat, right? So you want to be successful. You know a couple of things to do. But if all of a sudden the fish stop biting, you might look around and go, what are the other people doing? And then maybe experiment with trying hot dogs instead of top spinners, you know what I mean? Or something, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, is it that? Like, you know, you're you're going to casually or mildly, sometimes you get really into something, but, you know, this fish are still going to bite on hot dogs. Like, you know, I mean, maybe I'm going off on a tangent here. So. Some, some fish will. <laughs> yeah. I say I had a. My aunt caught a 36-inch muskie on a McDonald's chicken nugget the one time, so. Intentionally? That's what she was using as bait for muskie? Not on, I think they ran out of bait, so she's like, oh, I got a chicken nugget. And she popped it out there and just oily. Smells different, and it's definitely meat, you know? I don't yep. know how long it would stay together on a hook, but muskies are predators, so yep. you can imagine yeah. one going, sniffing that and going, yeah, I'm gonna eat that. So, but put a real good question out there. I killed the other question. The new one is: Who would win in a donut eating contest? Specifically, chocolate iced donuts. None of the weird stuff or anything goofy. Just or none of them weird plain ones. Specifically, chocolate iced donuts. Barbecue, DJ, Gizzard, or Ghost. I'll stand out of this one because I would win. So, uh, if these four had some kind of a donut eating contest to the death, or at least to the for the prize. Maybe because we're not allowed to say that in YouTube. So for the prize, which one's going to win? So uh, for Ghost doesn't him. have any votes, probably because he eats so many crayons, he doesn't have an say, appetite for donuts. I don't if know. it was Crayola icing, <laughs> it's it's not even a contest, guys. At that point, <laughs> who's playing for a second? At that point, 
So we're going, I, I interrupted the overcoming creative roadblocks and then Gizzard was talking about and I started taking that to fishing for some reason. And DJ, you want to throw anything in on these? We're not snuffing you intentionally. Oh, no, I'm, I'm hanging out, enjoying the conversation. And uh, when I got something, I'll pipe in. So for myself, um, like I mentioned before, uh, finding a way to be competitive. Whether the person that I'm being competitive with knows or not, uh, it, like I said, it gives me a goal to aim at. And I'm not just sitting there going, oh, what's the next video I'm going to make? Uh, you know, oh, this video didn't do well. It, it gives me something else to focus on. Uh, with that, um, you know, you can hit creative roadblocks, but I think another issue is burnout at times. Uh, you know, when we had the comment periods this last time, I dumped a ton of energy in those into those. And by time both those comment periods were done, I was burned out. And I wasn't burned out in the sense that I wasn't going to make content anymore. I was just like, man, I, I need some sort of break. And you got to, when you hit that point um, where you're not saying that you're done and you're quitting or anything, but you're just like, you need a vacation type deal. But if you stop making content, that will affect things that happen with your channel. So you still want to keep making content. So you got to find a way to try and grind through. And that is when it's really important just to do something that you enjoy. Even if it's, I, th I think even if it's going off of the beaten path of your channel, um, you know, all of us are putting out two way content, gun content, things like that. But, you know, maybe one of your hobbies is gardening, you know? Uh, so you go and you do some gardening videos which in a way uh, with what a lot of people interested in 2A do, um, you know, with prepping or anything like that can tie into some of that stuff. So it's not like it is super divergent from the community. Um, so if you can find a way to tie in a hobby of yours that is everyday life into your channel uh, just to refresh your batteries and then that gets you once you refresh, you can some, I guess what I'm trying to say is when you back away from a problem, sometimes, you know, Oh, I can't get this bolt out of, you know, this carburetor. And then you walk away from it and 30 minutes or an hour later, you go back and you try again and it comes right out. And you're like, why the heck wouldn't that happen before? Um, sometimes you just kind of got to step back, do something else, come back and hit it again. Got to gain perspective, barbecue. Yeah, I, I vibe what you're saying there. And you're actually an example of how to break some of those doldrums. You're experiencing some burnout. You know, Tuesday, Thursday, bang, 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 doing the 2A grind, and along comes Wednesdays. And on the Guns and Barbecue channel, the Wednesday show is, it's not always irreverent, but it's not a brass tax. we're talking 2A, how are we going to solve it tonight kind of thing. And it's an afternoon show. That's another thing. I mean, I think that uh, scheduling, especially for those who have full-time jobs or, you know, multiple jobs on top of whatever it is that they create. And I think that's the, that's the majority of folk, um, especially in our sphere here. So when those doldrums do hit, everybody's had a good example of how to break out of them. Yeah. you got to gain some perspective, take that step back. You got it right, man. Was that, was that everybody for the segment too? <clears throat> I think so. Or did you guys say roadblocks? No. All right. So we're going to segment three, right at the hour. 
Yeah, we're right on track right now. Yeah, we're kind of right on track. And so the robots are giving us four minutes. So we'll take this time to thank everybody for joining us. Um, if you look underneath your chairs, the robots have graciously given you whatever needs underneath your chair. It's provided by the robots. You're welcome. Uh, let's see. We've got scaling content creation. Let's discuss the importance of scaling content creation and how to do so at a comfortable pace. So scaling, what is that? And then how to do so at a comfortable pace, which, you know, what is that? And what is how to do it, right? Like, how do you do that? So sharing tips and setting realistic goals, developing a sustainable content creation strategy. Honestly, my first reaction to this is it's almost unrealistic. It's super easy to do that after the case, right? 50-50 hindsight or whatever they say, 2020 hindsight. But uh, man, if everybody was a robot and could do this ahead of time. So hopefully we're going to give people who haven't started some insight. And then hopefully the people that are in the game, you'll see in a second here that <clears throat> I don't think this is possible ahead of time, but maybe I'm wrong. You guys did start differently than I did, right? So scaling content creation and then doing so at a comfortable pace. However you guys want to take it, I'll, I'll jump back. Scaling, okay. um, I think that's, with the way I'm taking it at least, is more so going to deal with the amount of time that you have to make content in a day. Uh, and, and for that matter, during the week, uh, you know, if you've only got, you know, 20 minutes a day to make content and perhaps, uh, you know, if you're lucky, an hour and a half per week. Um, you might only be able to put out one video or one live chat, who knows what. Um, so, and that's one reason recently I haven't been super worried about making videos is because I, I've been really busy. I'm helping coach wrestling. I have my son six days a week uh, during the, the afternoon and morning and everything. Well, pretty much all day. It, and night, he, you know, he goes to his mother's for like the final two or three hours on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And so um, having a quiet time to try and film and record audio and all that fun jazz uh, it is really tough. So I haven't been worried about making videos, uh, but that's another reason uh, in the intro, I answered a five and a half because I like, you know what? he goes to free K next year. I'm going to have a ton of free time in those mornings and afternoons. And I'll, I'll have time to record and edit and uh, do voiceovers if I need to and all kinds of stuff. So um, right now that, that's one reason I do my live shows at 11 PM because I get the kids down to bed. It gives me some time to take care of the dogs, do a little bit of, uh, house maintenance if I need to, you know, sweeping, mopping, anything like that. And then I sit down at the computer and we talk 2A for an hour. Yeah, there are definitely ways that channels give themselves an edge over others when it comes to scaling. You know, it's um, the kind of thing like, is your thumbnail good? Are you, uh, um, do you try to do things that increase audience, you know, viewer participation? Do you like take, do viewers become subscribers? I mean, it's like, it is so boring and stale to hear constantly, you know, like, comment, share, subscribe. I mean, it's, it's robotic, oh, robotic. 
funny. Didn't mean to do that. But yeah, it's like a robotic response. It's got to have some spin. It's got to have something on it. And another important part of scaling that I see across the YouTube board and the interest that I pursue um, with content creation is the target. It's I, I'm 53. The target YouTube target is not me. It's 25, like what, 25 to, 50 to 45 or something like that. There's like a 20 year chunk in there. And the kind of thing that is, you know, hip or um, on the bleeding edge of technology, you know, those kind of things, those are also pretty much youth driven. I mean, it may be the expectation that the oldsters are going to have the money and the wisdom with which to practice some of these things. But it's the, it's the younger content creators who are aiming at um, their, their own demographics that are getting it done. Um, another thing, you know, I, um, Clover isn't here tonight, but the first time I heard um, Evergreen, content which is you know quite simply just a video that continues you know content that continues to draw an audience over time it doesn't age now you know what is in the video or you know what uh outfit somebody's wearing or the references they might make now those might become dated but the content itself you know what's being presented um if it's got if it's got legs make it universal make it appeal to youth um you know, another thing about scaling, and I'm not a content creator, and I'm rambling, so you get DJ'd, I'll pass after, you know, pass back after a couple more things. Um, you know, posting videos at the right time of day. I mean, I have so many subscriptions that, you know, I pull in like the European ones start to ping off real early because I do, I, I just like listen through the overnight and consume that way as well. So when those things start coming, it's like watching the time zones crush, 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 crush. And there are strategies for that too. And I've been a party to conversations. Where, where are we going to move this? Where are we going to put this? What's going to get the best viewership? That's intelligent. That's the way to pursue, you know, be persistent about these things. You know, cross promotion. You know, Gary's a decent example. Gary, you're a good example. I shouldn't have said decent. I apologize. Is a good example of that because that every time a new platform pops up, Gary's there. And that is an incredible strategy. Each time something new pops up, social media or, you know, linked or close kind of thing, go out grab your name if somebody else decides to grab it then what are you going to do add you know 69 after the damn thing or your you know your birth year or something crazy like that it ends up being one of those things where branding becomes so 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 important and i i would have more to say but i want to pass it over to the cats now my interpretation of what I mean by scaling of content is deciding what to put out when to put out and stuff like that and a lot of that was based on consistency and i've been guilty as much as the next person of going weeks months and not producing any static content out there you know you kind of fall into these lulls and stuff like that so when i started doing the shorts at the end of last year and started getting moderate success with those i went to shot show knowing that i was going to capture some content primarily shorts content but also some long form content and your tendency to you know your tendency is okay i got some hot stuff from shot show i want to put this stuff all out right away so i can get tons of views on all six or all eight videos that you have but you kind of got to figure out what's time sensitive and what's not, you know, what what would do the best coming out right away and what can wait maybe a week, two or three to come out and stuff like that. So you don't want to burn all your content up right away or you really haven't bought yourself anything as far as your channel. 
uh, as and I can say the same thing about the shorts. I probably recorded about 75 shorts while I was at shot. That takes a while to come back home and you've got to put all that stuff on YouTube. And I literally had those things all set up and ready to go and out there is unlisted. And then I had them timed to where I knew what was coming out on what day. And then I come out with a quandary. Well, shoot, I was going to run out of shorts in the middle of March, right about now. So I had to start scaling stuff out to where instead of having a short come out every day, maybe they came out every three days. But you still have that consistency out there. You're still producing content that people know <clears throat> what to expect, whether it's gun, whether it's knife or whatever. Plus, you want to continue to get some of your long-form content out there and your lives because they all serve a little bit of a different purpose. Uh you know, live streams help build watch time. You know, uh, shorts help attract subscribers. Uh, long form content kind of does both. You're getting watch time and you're building new subscribers and a following and stuff like that. So you've got to kind of do, to me, a combination of those things and keep having stuff that will keep people interested in your channel because if they sub and then they find out, oh, he's not producing anything new then, you know, they might lose interest and say, eh, I'm not dropping. So I think you keep people interested. You uh, try to space out your content accordingly, but, you know, reliably keep stuff out there that people will be interested in. Ghost? I think it's all been said. Well done, guys. All right, so then first off, to sidetrack our palate cleanser here, Skidmark is in another country. Yes. Barbecue is any way he can donate to the cookie drive, even though where they call them, they're biscuits. Yeah, let's say those poor fellas. Uh, but yes, Mark of the Skid, um, there is an option to just donate. Um, now, I think you can choose to just donate a dollar value you can also choose to donate cookies uh so you can actually go in and make an order of cookies like you know oh i would love to have these this or that and then those cookies are donated to some uh thing that girl scouts do so but either way uh if you wish to donate which is very much appreciated thank you um those are the ways that you can do it awesome so then, and gee, uh, gee, if you don't mind, I think that's a great example that um, can spring back to uh, the scaling international, and you know, having a global appeal with your content. It doesn't have to be in a separate language. You can do Eng be English, but you have to find ways to appeal to people in other countries. One of the biggest things that I noticed when when some channels would just go zoom, you know, to the ziggurat, is Spanish. Like a huge audience out there. I mean, look at the global numbers of Spanish speakers. Um, there was, uh, I don't think he would mind because it was discussed during a live, um, Baron SVG um, had the idea to do translations of videos. That was genius. I mean, I think he did one or two, but like doing that kind of thing, repackaging and repurposing, I don't want to go in the weeds about that because that's another really interesting subject. 
But here's the opportunity with Skidmark to point out that a global appeal is something that really will work. It'll draw. I'm okay with the Spanish thing, but I don't know. I've had a lot of success talking shit constantly about Europe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really pay and attention Canada? to that thing because it's con- – no, I don't really care about Canada. I like Canada. Hey, left-handed like, people. That's their problem. They chose See, to be left-handed. It's a choice. So here's the thing. Yep. When you talk shit about Europe or I talk shit about Europe, this goes back to the olden days, not just when they pushed nine millimeter off on us, right, back in the 80s. But when I worked at other companies along the line, Europe is stupid about the Internet. Like, they're really dumb about it. They want it to be like communist. Everybody owns it or the state owns it, I mean, and everybody just uses it weird like BBC and screw all that. So they do their Internet weird. So I've always had this like annoyance of how if you try to include Europe, you got to jump and dance to their music and their music. Huh. is goofy. So I don't like Europe. like for a lot of you, reasons. You know what? But it's a real pain in the ass to, to, and then there's other countries that are different reasonings, but just difficult, like language usually. It's just difficult to even understand the cultural difference. If you look at the language difference, there's also that cultural difference, right? Like people don't get it if they haven't done a lot. I don't have, I'm not saying I've done a lot of international, but I understand like the crazy. Anyway, you know. Absolutely. Well, and a counter, sort of a counterpoint is a lot of international creators will do stuff in English. Because the dominance is, uh, you know, channels and YouTube and, and other platforms, it still is English. So, I mean, I have a lot of, like, say, guitar channels, music channels, luthier channels, where they are, they're international. You have, you know, Germans, uh, Austrians, uh, Spaniards, French. I mean, everybody is doing stuff in English. And one of the, I don't know if it's peculiar to um, guitar, um, but in that youth market, Scandinavia is huge. It's ridiculous the number of subscribers that some of these cha- some of these guys have, right. and they have. I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you off. We only got so much time. Everybody's getting tired, and we're you're trying to get us to do international. I got to draw the line somewhere. So, I hear you though. No, I hear you. There's definitely potential there. And honestly, to normalize guns, I'm dismissing you. But no, I'm, I shouldn't be because there's a lot of normalization potential there. And honestly, what we do here is seen and emulated by other countries or at least the other are aware of us and it's hard for them to say constitutional carry is a bad idea when we've got 50 percent of the country cruising through it and being just fine right so we are setting some uh some where i i don't want to dismiss it too much but i do got to keep moving for the robot's sake gonna take a palate cleanser uh rapid fire question pick one and then that's your box of cookies for the night uh, DJ. Peanut butter patties. Okay, that's off the table. Uh, Gizzard. Dosey dose. That's off the table. Ghost. The uh, mint. Really? Okay. Barbecue? Um, Tagalongs. Awesome. I'm taking the coconut ones. So, done. In-person only. Bullshit, but whatever so none of us are even complaining i don't think anybody got forced to take any cookie they didn't want and we all got a box of cookies you can go to box cookies if you use that link that's pinned at the top buy them off of this guy's kid help their troop out we got uh the internet the ai this is the future get used to it dj had said something about aiming for the youth which has always been the thing right so my question is aim for the youth or aim for the old we have the greatest generation. Wait, 
No, we have the boomers, right? The kids of the greatest generation. We have the boomers, which I believe is called the boomers because it was a population boom, right? They're aging out. We've got the people that were born after, I don't know, we're all the same age. So after us, that population had kids and that population is really big. Which is bigger, the new youth population or the old, the boomers? Uh, we're just going to do rapid fire and then we're going to let the robots tell us. Uh, but going backwards, barbecue, who's, who's bigger, young or old? I'm kind of in the middle there. So I thought the newest generation is supposed to be the biggest now, but they're also like the wussiest. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think the newest generation's biggest. Okay, DJ? Well, what, I, I'm not sure what generation we're talking about beyond baby boomers, but I, I have to participate in Generation X. Boomers are dead, like literally and figuratively. Stomp it into the ground, and, and a lot, and they're going to get, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to be so morbid, but like, yeah, it's time to bury. You're talking about people who are at a minimum 60-something years old. You know, modern medicine and good health aside, there's, you know, like, you know, that's a, that generation's on its, on its last legs. It, it's leaving. And it is wow. not as technologically wow. apt. Go ahead, whoever it is. That's rough. Gizzard's in here. Goodness right. Say. But Gizzard's an exception. But I think you're conflating the, the boomers and the greatest generation. The greatest generation is Pelosi falling over at 90. The boomers are our parents. So, but, okay. I'm a boomer. But I don't know if you're done. I interrupted you there. Pardon? DJ, I interrupted him. I don't know if you want to keep on. Well, no, yeah, it's, it's like like uh, landing on the shoulders of Gen X would have been nice, but it's not. And what I see is like the influence that millennials are having. You know, so well, millennials the now. Is, hold on. The question is a quick, fi rapid fire question. Which is bigger, right. the new population or the old population? Not which do you like better? New. So new population is bigger. Gizzard, bigger population, old or new? New. Uh, ghost. Well, hell, just to be different, I'll say old. Okay, because I don't think, I, I don't know. So I'm asking the robots, and they're going to tell us. Here's what I'm asking the robots. Compare the generations of population of the U.S. List chronologically, include size of the generation, its buying power, and the number of hours they spend online each day. Does anyone think of something else I could add as a qualifier, modifier to that to get a better result? Answer? If not, I'm going to hit the button, and this is how fast the internet tells us that there's a chronological comparison of the generations in the U.S., including their estimated size, buying power, and average average hours spent online each day. The silent generation, baby boomers, Generation X, millennials, Generation Z, Alpha. Oh, so it put it in order of. But anyway, so silent, 1928 to 45, they have an average buying up power of 5,000 per year and spend two to three hours. So they're they're the ones you're talking. Boomers, $7,000 per year buying. That's a weird average buying power is 7,000 a year, whatever that means, four to five hours per day online. Gen Z, born 97 to 12, 44 billion each year and spend 10 to 12 hours online each day. Uh, millennials, eight to nine hours, have 10,000 per year. And Gen X, that's some of you. No, wait, that's us, right? Eight mm -hmm. 
about 8,000 per year, six to seven hours online. Okay, so that tells us whoever said young was not just right, but definitely like feel justified that you spiked it in a word, right? Like that was giant, 44 billion per year versus mm -hmm. old people spending 7,000. So DJ cruelly, unnecessarily stepped on all these old people who are barely even breathing. But I was, I suspected because it's such a big generation and because they got nothing else to do, maybe they're kicking back and going online. I guess that was my thinking. Obviously, that's well, and one of the things that was interesting to me. One of the things that's interesting to me there is the is the dollars that are there, and I think that you know I don't know if we're able to get uh, corrections if we're, if we're wrong about some of our suppositions here, but I think that that shows that the baby boomer and into X and certainly for silent generation, they're spending less money online. It's not that they don't have the buying power; they get to clobber us when it comes to those things. But when it comes to where they're spending their money, yeah, seven, ten grand a year, that kind of seems I, I don't know what my Amazon bill is, but I, I'd probably meet that easily, you know, for my generation. And when you think about all the transactions that are done now through all the virtual dollars and stuff, it's like the, the their entire use entire economy almost is spent online. It's it's card transfers and, and it's like touching cards to consoles and things. It's not even the exchange of dollar bills. So big big jump there. It almost is spent online. It's sorry. I was over there. I don't have to mention it very often, but I got a zero tolerance. So I deleted that dude and made she fires a moderator. So don't be weird over here. I don't tolerate that shit. Um Sorry to distract from that. Did anybody else want to rant on that? I just thought that might be a good, um, uh, yeah, it might be a good palate cleanser, so to speak, from the robots content here. It was interesting. So go, go ahead. It was interesting. Yeah, I, I, I really thought Gen X had a better, or not Gen X, I thought the boomers had a better chance yeah, thanks. I got rid of that. Um, yeah, I'm not desperate for viewers. Like, I don't give a shit if I got two people. We're here for real, not for tolerating that kind of craziness. So, sorry about that. Sorry it took me so long to realize that. It was, it was, I was skeptical, or I was suspicious, I guess the right word. And I just, I don't care. Anyway, so moving on. Engaging with your audience. Discuss the importance of engaging with your audience and building a community. Offer tips for fostering engagement and building a strong relationship with your audience. Is this part of balancing creativity and doing it at a pace? I guess engaging with your audience. I'll, I'll shut up. Engaging with your audience. Take as much time as you guys want. I'll go first. I have no freaking idea. Engaging with your audience is what it's all about. That's what you're doing online is engaging with your audience. And, and, and in the simplest terms, that's what we're doing here. Whether your audience is one or a million, you're engaging with your audience. Hopefully you're trying to entertain them or you're trying to educate them. You're trying to do something. You're not putting videos out for no reason. Well, some people do, but most of us are putting videos out for some reason. And we're hoping that whether we entertain them, we educate them, we plant a seed for them to go find out more information themselves engagement is what we're here for that's that's why we, most of us do this is to pass on something 
give a piece of information, maybe talk about something they may not know, talk about something, whatever it is, engagement is what the goal is. You know, it's not subs, it's not views. It's hopefully it's a discussion somehow. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I get, I get occasional comments on my stuff and I try to at least acknowledge, you know, if they have a question, I'll try to respond to it if it's not something silly. I mean, occasionally you get the person who says, you know, well, you need to take that high point and throw it in the trash, you know, or you could use it for a club, you know, or something like that. And it's like, how do you respond to that? And I'm not going to go down that hole. So I just give them a, give them a thumb up and a heart and let them go their merry way. But at least I got engaged. They bothered to leave a comment on my video. So I engaged with them one way or the other, but I like seeing comments. I like seeing thumbs up out there. Uh, occasionally, yeah, you'll get some thumbs down too, but not people who are just blindly watching, but it's nice to know that maybe they like to say nice video or, hey, uh, where did you get this? Or where do I get one? You know, stuff like that. And uh, and on lives too, I think when you, when you go to live stuff, it's horribly important to me to pay attention to the text chat uh, that's coming in because those people are going out of their way to spend 30 minutes, an hour, two hours with you. And as a person who consumes way more in live streams than they ever put out, I like to ask questions and uh, kind of be part of the show that way. So I think you keep your audience in your back pocket as part of your, it can be an asset, but yeah, you have to keep them engaged. Let them, let them know you want to hear what they have to say and, uh, you know, fire back at them because after all, you're trying to get their pulses to the kind of stuff they're wanting to see if you're wanting to be successful. So they can help you and uh, you can make them happy too. So barbecue, I don't know. You kind of jumped out. I wasn't sure if I understood. Did you? Were you kidding, or were you like? No, uh, I was being pretty serious. Um, I guess I w was looking at the question more like, uh, how does the engagement affect uh, getting and retaining your audience, in a sense? And to that, like, I, I realize it does, but with the way I'm thinking about it like how much effect does it have and that's why yeah but then after hearing what ghost had started saying before i had to split and then what user was finishing up with because like on the live chat side um i actually really enjoy the engagement with the audience because especially when you're just really spitballing uh through the show having that audience engagement where they're asking questions, you're able to answer them, you're going back and forth. Uh, it's really nice and makes the go show go really smooth and really fast. Um, likewise, when it comes to my videos and things like that, um, there is a point, I ended up putting out a short that's got a ton of views which i mean by some people's standards was not a ton of views but by my standards was a ton of views for the amount of views that it did in like a you know just a few hour period um but with that it got a ton of comments and i had gotten a little lazy with 
checking and responding to comments. And I had just got caught up and this short uh, took off at least by my standards. And again, ton of comments came in. I was like, man, I just got caught up on these crap. And I just lost motivation uh, to go and respond to them all. And my point is with that, even though I wasn't responding to comments, and it, I hate to say it, it was five months that these went back because of this. Um, I never really saw a dip in my subscriber count where like people started going away. Uh, you know, my channel growth stayed steady through it all. And so like people that are just randomly commenting on your video, uh, th there's a couple where uh, I guess you could say it's a conversation that's been happening over the course of several months, if not a year. Uh, like one guy had stumbled onto my FIE imports of my text 22 video. And he asked a couple of questions because he has heritage rough rider or he has one. And he was wondering if rough rider parts would really work in it. Like I said, and uh, you know, so as he does work to this gun, trying to restore it and interchanging rough rider parts, he comes back to the video and comments and uh, you know, I reply back to him and I've given him my email a couple times saying, Hey dude, you can just reach out to me here if you want. Never does. He always goes back to that video and he comments and, and that aspect, it's really cool. But uh, like I said, at first with the way I was processing it, you know, how much of it really affects uh, retention of viewers or getting new ones. Uh, that's why I was like, I, I have no idea. Right on. And I appreciate how every, look at this. It's an hour and 26. We're really doing good. The robots totally know how to format our schedule. Um, I appreciate everybody's like perspective on this. I really think this is one of the most constructive, thanks to the robots, this is one of the most constructive shows we've had because people I think might come in from different, everybody's always coming in from a different angle, right? But with different, whatever, you know, mindset, I think we're giving them a lot of different ways. You know, I don't know if we have to have the answers as long as we can show them six different directions, at least they know there's not a black and white option, right? They know there's a, a a spectrum here and we're giving them some some potentials and you can always follow through or contact anybody in here for the most part is available and we're constantly kind of all online all the time i was going to mention into this one am i cutting anybody off did dj go yeah i'm good see again i don't know if you're just like moping or something or if you don't appreciate but engaging with an audience let's say that you've got one of them beakers and you're going to put it on a heated uh, uh, a heated plate, and you need to stir it. So you're going to put one of the magnet stirrers in there. That's what we're talking about. The heated plate can do go squat because it's going to turn into burnt product. But if you're trying to heat something that needs to be stirred, you need that thing, right? And you can consider yourself not a content creator because you don't go live, but your significant contribution to multiple people's content in the realm of dropping links provides a permanent supplement and a permanent upgrade, a permanent positive modification to their product, to their live shows that will be there permanently. And it's a useful functional modification. 
and you're doing that in front of everybody, letting them know literally they can be interactive. So yours is different, but your your contribution is like that little magnetic thing, just because it ain't the hot plate and just because it ain't doing the heating, it's completely vital and you can't have a thousand of them in there. So value your fucking voice and you're welcome to chime in on these, but I can understand if you don't, you know, you're not obligated either, but the motivation an audience can create. And I thought of it as I think Izzard was take, talking, I think, and he took it a little different direction than I thought you were going to go. But, <clears throat> you know, obviously over the years, there's everybody's motivation or whatever motivation, right? Your interest in doing this goes back and forth. But sometimes you're doing it because you know somebody's out there that you want to talk to, or you know that you're putting out there something that's useful, or you know that there's something out there that you're contrib contrib contributing to. Um, and then just the fun, right? You're allowed to have fun with this stuff. I think everybody's kind of consistently had that throughout the, the advice, right? To not get burnt out and to not you know, whatever. So the audience is a big part of that, right? Uh, it'd be tough to do this without the audience. At least I think so. At least that's what I choose to do this type of stuff instead of the content. Because if you do it just prepared content, what's your interaction with the world? Numbers on a chart that are really hard to figure out, like occasionally. Like, and I think you have to enjoy what you're doing. Your audience can tell if you're forcing it. Your audience can tell on a static video or a live stream, if you're doing it because you have to and you really don't want to do it, they can tell. So if they know that you're enjoying what you're doing and putting your best into it, <clears throat> that's going to mean a lot towards your credibility and everything else. The audience knows you're being genuine and everything else. So I think you have to come across as, you know, enjoying what you do. That's just my opinion. Apparently, Ghost had to ditch out of here. Um, and in addition to that one, I think I was going to all... Oh, wait. Yeah, this one, the vector an audience can be. So I'm going to talk about it in a second from before. But, you know, an audience compared to uh, viewers, right? If you create content, prepared content, and you promote, uh, produce it and you pre present it, that's valid. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just, I used to do that all the time. It's just that I, I just like this better. I value this more, I guess, but you know, the, <clears throat> the live audience has the ability to do stuff. And I think everybody in here has participated to some extent out to massive extents actually with audience participation, you know, doing something, lots of, you know, levels of that. And that's something that's tough to do in a video. You can post a video and it has a call to action. And again, all you can do is monitor the people who participated or took you up on that call to action over time. And there might be a spike, you know, at a high watch time or if another video mentions it, but it's going to be sporadic and it's going to be essentially random. But while you're live and you're calling, putting out that call to action and people know that it's got a finite time frame, you know, that's a whole nother level of interaction on the internet. So that vector is, I guess, or that element is a vector that live content gives you and that, well, you can get that with other realms. I don't want to say like none of the other ways can do it because there's like I just described, there's other ways to do it on other uh, platforms. But that aspect of content creation, I think, is engaging with your audience and it gives you that potentially gives you some motivation or at least the creative, the creative 
itching the creative scratch. Like sometimes when you're creating something and you go, what's the point? Like, why am I adding this? You know, what's, what's this? At least I've had that thought before. Like, and that's when I quit doing some stuff that I was doing a long time ago when I was just doing it to do it. It's like, yeah, you know, does this have to be there? Like what's missing? What's not out there? What's, what's something that people always ask about? And once you start answering, answering questions, it just becomes more fun to find new questions and answer them. So, you know, like, I think there's that when you, when you're doing something that you put out something and you get a response from the audience, I think that can be, uh, that engagement can be another element to your project that keeps it interesting and keeps it, keeps you interested. Okay. I'll shut up. Um, I think we're doing really good on time, except for exhausting ghost who doesn't have the stamina to do a two hour chat in the middle of the night on a work night, whatever. Um, Boomer. Yeah, sorry. Can't, uh, <laughs> trying to come up with excuses for him. He said something about eating MREs or something. So maybe he's running out. Uh, um, I don't know. I think the whole problem is you cheaped out. You put Rose Art crayons in the green room. Everybody knows you're supposed to have Crayola, not Rose Art. Dude, I don't know what Rose Art is. Is that a brand or something? Yeah, it's, I mean, it, that's, that's the, the brand that you get your kids when you want them to know that you don't love them. <laughs> we got crayons at home. Seriously, my, my mother got my kids Rose Art crayons for Christmas. I was like, oh, look, Grandma doesn't love you. She's like, will you shut up? I was like, if you loved him, you would have you know, ponied up the extra two bucks and got Crayola. Okay, so... We're hitting this thing. I think we're going to conclude early. I thought at first I was messing this up. Unless we're doing more obviously we're doing something crazy. Unless my clocks are wrong because of the time zone. I don't even know how time works anymore. Balancing creativity and business is the last segment. Discuss the importance of balancing creativity and business and content creation. Share tips for monetizing content while still staying, staying true to your creative vision. How interesting that it added this to the prompt. What was the prompt? Uh, oh, I already cleared out of it. The prompt was compared. Oops. The, oh, man. My stupid AI is not behaving. The prompt was create a podcast for a two-hour chat about motivating content creators to value their voice and develop their content creation at the scale at a pace they are comfortable, right? So it took it upon itself to include the concept of funding your project. So how weird is that? So we're going to take a second here because the robot has given us enough time in this to uh, it probably knew it was going to blow our minds. So it's given us time to catch up. Uh, how interesting is it, or am I crazy, that it decided to put funding in to a thing about pacing yourself and creating content at a pace that you don't burn out? Gizzard, you've been doing this long enough. You've done some stuff. You guys know what it's like to not have the funds to do stuff and the frustration and whatnot. I'll shut up. What do you, am I crazy? Or is that a really interesting element that it added here? No, me? it is an interesting element because a lot of what we do requires funding to be able to, you know, buy the equipment you need, buy the subjects that you're going to review and stuff like that, or make trips to interesting places to produce content and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of times I know a lot of a lot of creators struggle with being able to, you know, afford this. And, you know, for most for most people, this is not their primary source of income. So uh, it's a sideline. And if it 
if it costs more to do it than they can afford, then they have to curtail what they're doing. So uh, you have to balance, you know, what will what will uh, bring you in a little bit to help out with expenses and stuff like that, because that's a real thing. And uh, none of us are looking to get rich or anything. Well, I'm not anyway. Let's. I don't have any delusions of becoming a YouTube millionaire or anything like that. If it comes, hey, fine. But uh, I think, yeah, that's an important part of it because that allows you to do the fun things, make the trips to the destinations that people are interested in and be able to you know, maybe get in and see this new thing that's coming out and stuff like that. So, or in the case of live content, you know, to be able to upgrade your equipment, to be able to do the occasional giveaways and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, you know, one tool kind of feeds the other. You, you don't do it to make money, but if you bring in money, you can take that money and put it back into your channel to produce even better content. Okay, so if, if you don't have anything, you guys don't have anything else about the, I thought it was just interesting that they added it discussing the importance of balancing creativity and business in content creation is the reason they put it in here, sharing tips for it while still staying true to your creative vision. So we've got Gizzard who's dabbled in that. And we've got barbecue who I think has dabbled in it. He's also keeps pointing his revolver at a chicken who's got his at low ready. So you got a lot of tension. Uh, that chicken looks delicious. I must say, um, but no, I, I've been able to monetize my channel for well over a year now and I still haven't done it. Um, one, just because I, I don't need to, uh, two, my channel's not at a point where I'm going to make any significant amount of money. So the money that would be made off of my channel, while it would help supplement some things, like if I want to do a shooting video, it might buy a box or two of ammo, which, Hey, that's awesome. But, uh, at the same time, you know, it's, it's not going to get me to SHOT Show or anything. And while I would love to go to SHOT Show one year, that uh, it's just not in the cards for me with uh, travel expenses, uh, paying for lodging for the week, uh, eating for the week, all that stuff. Um, that's going to be a very expensive trip. And having three kids that rely on me uh, does not make it any easier. Uh, like I mentioned before, I've got my kids six days a week. So I would have to find somebody to watch them because, uh, you know, shot shows taking place right in the middle of the school year. Um, there, there's a lot of logistical stuff for me there. So when it comes to, you know, monetizing my channel to try and go do something, uh, it just isn't a big motivating factor because even if I did, it wouldn't do much for me. Uh, likewise, I, I have thought about it because at the same time, uh, I know here in the next several months, I'm going to have a lot of free time on my hands. And with that, I'm like, all right, you know, if I really did want to try and make a run at this, then 
you know, there, there's money out there to be made. Uh, and not just through YouTube, but through third party things like affiliate links, things like that. Uh, Amazon influencer or whatever the heck they call it. And, you know, there, there's all kinds of money out there to be had. Um, but at the same time, due to losing my vision, I had disability insurance. And the second that I make any extra money, they say, we don't have to pay you. And if it gets to a point where they can say, oh, you learned a new skill, um, then I lose that disability insurance. And that is security for myself and my children. Uh, you know, and I realized some people are like, oh, you know, you're freeloading. No, I paid for that insurance. That's no different than if you go out and total your car and your insurance company hands you a check for $15,000 for a new car. Um, you paid for that insurance. You're not going to uh, say, oh, no, I don't need that $15,000 check. No, you're going to take that $15,000 check. So it that aspect does put me in a rock and a hard place because um, I also have to look at the aspect of what happens in the future? Where, where does YouTube go? What happens if they close down YouTube? What if they just say, Hey, no more gun content on YouTube. Uh, there's a lot to, uh, balance on that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see myself monetizing my channel, but like I said before, you got to do the things you don't particularly want to do to pay for the things that you want to do. So, um, for those that, are wanting to go to shot or uh you know thunder on the prairie or nram or something like that uh you perhaps just that channel monetization could be the difference but with that you know are the things that you're doing gonna get you the views that get you paid or are you gonna have to do some of those things that you're like eh this isn't exactly my cup of tea but this is gonna bring in some of those dollars that I need to go do the other things like NRAM or shot show, et cetera. Yeah. I'm with you barbecue. And like you mentioned, those, those two particular events, those are content feasts. Like, like Gary has already said, um, just a little bit, just a little bit ago, you know, otherwise, you know, gee, referring back to the pacing of things, I see channels flat out run out of stuff. Like say it's a firearms channel and they want to do reviews. Well, how many do you have in your safe? How many do you get to borrow from friends? Then what are you going to do? You know, and another thing that's so important um, with pacing is to be constant. I mean, is it boom, boom, but, you know, like constant, you know, uploads and to be consistent in those. And it, with lives and stuff like that, you know, you get thrown off by one live not going when it's supposed to. It bothers people. Like working in radio in the past, we, there are lots and lots and lots of reasons, not just the dollars, but there's a lot of psychology involved in audience interaction when it comes to things like that. When they come to expect something, if you don't produce it, it might not make them angry. It might not make them visibly upset, but there's a psychological component to having something not appear when it's supposed to. And it reflects on the content creator, you know, even if, it, even if it's like, say, the, the forgivable offense of whatever it is that would commonly offer to somebody. It's like, once you become a personality, once you've got that spot locked down, you don't show up. People do not dig it. And live chats, I think completely, you know, as far as uh, like being a renewable resource, way, way a big advantage there. 
because the conversation can always change. So you're going to run, you know, you can, you can go for, I mean, every day, you know, the overnights. I mean, I don't think that, that gee, that you would run out of stuff to talk about with an overnight show, you know, in, you know, from here to eternity or infinity and beyond or whatever it is for, <laughs> for the little guy out touch there. and ground with two hour shows. I could do five hours original content yeah. every night, standing on my yeah. head, bringing in guests and going nuts. Yeah. That's the goal. Right. So appreciate giving me a plug on that. But yeah, definitely. All right, well, if that's it, then um, I put in there cost of a new customer. So essentially, you know, it costs a lot of money to find somebody. You know, you got to advertise, you got to put a lot of effort or ambition or whatever to find somebody who's, who likes your deal, deal. And once you find them, they're typically going to come back like, oh, I, I like authentic coffee with the flavor of blah, blah, blah that I'm used to from that time when I was. Right. So you found that person and they've got the coffee. But like DJ saying, you're not consistently at the store. Well, I'm going to go back to Folgers because it's consistently at the store. I like that other coffee, but I don't know when it's there. If I see it, I see it. But you're not tuning in. You're not running to that aisle in the store every time you're there. You're only going to do that like three times and then you're going back to Folgers. All right, we lost a bunch of people because of the time, but we're doing so good. The robot gave us plenty of time. I think we even, I don't know if I rushed it or what, but I hope the robot doesn't get mad at me. I think we did pretty good. Um, <clears throat> did I have another thing? I had a couple of things. I've actually got a bunch of things started. I didn't want to interrupt. I do interrupt people, but I try not to unnecessarily or too often. So I started a bunch of stuff, plus Gizzard and She Fires are in here also. <clears throat> So we're going to take a second before we hit the conclusion, even though the robots didn't technically prepare us for this or tell us this is authorized, I'm going to go ahead and take the initiative. I'll take the credit. I'll take the punishment for this. If the robots give us any wrath for this, this, uh, uh, this affront. Anyway, so she fire says <clears throat> gathering in person helps get unstuck. Nice recharge. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm not a content creator in, in this traditional sense, but um, Gizzard Gary and I met each other at Thunder on the Prairie. That was a content creator gathering, firearms content creator gathering. And yeah, it kicks loose a lot of stuff. It's not just the handshakes and the good times that you have, but it's seeing how somebody else approaches something. You know, had Squib out there with some black powder, you know, and had, uh, Travis, you know, setting up shots and, and stuff like that. And some of the content that came out of that, I know were great learning experiences for some of those channels. So I also know of meetups that go on. Um, there are so many that I wish I could have gone to. And I'm not talking about like uh, things like train and learn. I'm talking about like social weekends, you know, getaways kind of thing. There have been several of those um, also in the firearms community. And so when you get, you know, like, a couple of those have been several hundred, several hundred people together like that. You're bound to kick something loose. I mean, you're in there chopping it up, seeing, you know, people for the, you know, the first time likely. So the conversations are ripe and yeah, it's kind of a sky's the limit. Wonderful. You know, like a, a blessed feeling to be able to do that kind of thing. I don't know. What do you think, Gary? Well, I think that's totally true. I've had the chance to go to several meetups. Of course, you know, I have friends that I spend time with three or four times a year that are all YouTube creators. And we started out just being YouTube channels that knew each other. 
and stuff like that. And you get a chance to spend time with these people away from the keyboard, away from the mic, away from the camera, and just personal interactions. So that takes things to a whole nother level and stuff like that. So, uh, and it sounds scary at first. A lot of people are wary about making connections with people that they meet on the internet and stuff like that. And of course, you should be cautious as, you know, as any human should be. But uh, there's a great deal of value into getting to meet a lot of these people in person, especially on a regular basis, and uh, get to know them that way. Gives you a whole new respect for the fact that these are people just like you, maybe from different fields. I think we all have, you know, come from different walks of life, different fields, different backgrounds and stuff. But we have the same thing in common is that we're interested in firearms, we're interested in the Second Amendment, and we're interested in being content creators. And we can compare notes, we can share experiences. I've learned a lot of stuff just by person-to-person -person contact with creators. Well, you know, how did you do this shot, you know? How... What kind of microphones do you use? What kind of cameras did you record that with and stuff like that? And kind of get tips, you know, kind of behind the scenes information, if you will, on how stuff's done. And uh, then you you find out some things and, and you learn and, and you make some friends along the way. So uh, it's very valuable as far as I'm concerned. And you know, as you say that, so many things that I'm thinking of, but when you talk about comparing camera stuff, it's not just the camera nerds, like the people that are like, I want to be here, but I have to carry a camera, but I want to carry the least amount of camera as possible, like me. I want my phone to do everything, but I'm not going to buy the most expensive phone, right? So listening to these guys be nerds at each other, I figure out what I can do to do the bare minimum. Like, oh, okay, tell me what the bare minimum is. They know, so they can just tell me. I don't have to go figure it out. So it's not just for the one, you know, the people that really want to geek out on it. Now, if you want to geek out on it, you know, there's definitely people for that too. But I'm just saying there's like a lot of benefit, a lot of potential there uh, because there's certain things that we all got to do, right? Right. And you also yeah. learn from each other's mistakes too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My battery ran out halfway through the first day of shot show. You know, I should have had a backup battery. Well, you learn after a while. You probably should have a backup battery in your backpack or whatever along with you. I didn't have enough memory. I My memory card got full. There is another thing. So uh, people share experiences, you know, what kind of problems they ran into. And uh, so you can kind of... Uh, prepare for the next time it's like okay i'm going to be prepared next time i'm going to have x y and z but like you say keeping in mind that you want to keep that what you're carrying as minimal as possible because i've made the mistake at shot show of having a backpack full of heavy stuff and it just gets right down painful and awkward to haul that stuff around when you're walking five or ten miles a day on a concrete floor and yeah. after a while, you learn the value of lightening that load and concentrating more on getting where you need to be, talking to the people you need to talk to, and then have the proper equipment to do what you need to do when you need to do it and keep it as light as possible. And uh, you kind of learn how to tweak everything to where, you know, you've got what you need. 
that was from she fires talking about meeting up and recharging batteries uh and we're talking motivation and doing stuff at a pace and sometimes that's the pace you know make keep going until the next meet up and then you know use that as a gauge or something and I'm just trying to solve it out a little bit. Getting back to one of my things, aiming at the youth or aiming at the old. We learned our lesson there. I was looking back at that data again. And if it's right, I mean, the robot's not always right. It tries to do a good job, but it's just a free access to a giant thing, right? You could be wrong. But assuming it's sort of right, the numbers are crazy. So sometimes maybe if you learn anything from this almost two hours in, if you want just a little nugget of gold, focus on the new, the young, I guess I should say, the new gun owner, the very young, with 44 million of discretionary income and 10 hours online. You may not appeal to their hip trendiness, but if you can target any of that market, it looks like there's some potential. Seems like a very juicy chunk of the pie there. And if you're struggling or looking for something different or maybe a challenge, you know, instead of aiming up, I was thinking aim up. Start talking slower and louder for the old people. And maybe there'd be some old people, but, you know, that's if they're going online and if and if and if, and they've only got a couple hours online, according to the robot anyway. So anyway, um, anyway, I don't know if anybody wants to add anything to that one, but. Uh, just riff. that, you know, when you uh, produce some shorts content, that's primarily the end users of shorts content is going to be young people who, mm -hmm. you know, go through you know, uh, a shorts feed, kind of like they do TikTok or Instagram Reels or anything else. They do that on YouTube and they can get little short snippets of videos and they either sit and watch it or they swipe it off their screen. And your idea is to put stuff in front of them, something they aren't going to swipe off their screen. And uh, so you can't, you know, if you want to be successful doing that, you've got to have some flashy content. You've got to get their eye right away. Having some relevant music helps because they enjoy listening to that. So uh, you kind of got to have an ear for, you know, what's good music and stuff like that and what's popular. So uh, all that stuff helps. So I don't think you... At least me, I don't want to pigeon myself in any particular hole. I want to have my foot in all of them. I figure that's my best, my best uh, shot at survivability and uh, growing as a channel is to try to appeal to more people in all age groups. Fair, good idea, great strategy there. You know, music and movement in shorts is such a big deal. Duration. I, I love I love when I say this short attention span theater. That is what folks are in for. Like ten minute videos. Like I, I think that the ten minute benchmark for YouTube being like one of those golden lengths. You go beyond that, and it's just like diminishing returns. I think that's going to be trimming further and further down. It's actually the three minute and sub three minute things. And shorts was a really big transition there. And to, uh, Gary, you used the example of TikTok. That's it. That's it exactly. And, I mean, I, I feel that, and others uh, suggested that YouTube's response, you know, was uh, shorts were a response kind of thing. Um, don't know if that was a regular part of their growth or not. But you know, speaking of growth, you know, the the channels that have brief, flashy, fun, you know, we're talking about music, movement, youth, and all those things. They get huge. 
I mean, I went and I, I pulled a couple of numbers on some of these, and I know we're not getting to the specific topic, but there were a couple of examples within the firearms community of channels I saw come in and come online in 21. And some of those have, there, there's one cat, 38,000 subscribers. Another guy, you know, he's got like, it, it's just nuts how some of those channels, because of the di- how dynamic they are, they keep people engaged. You want to see the next thing. Now, a couple of them that are just mega channels. We're talking about somebody like Black Rambo has 2 million subscribers. I mean, his content is not exactly for me. Do I, every once in a while, it's just like, you know, pop through and see something. And it's just like, yeah, okay. Short stuff, fun stuff, engaging, hip. I mean, that's where it's at. That's how, you know, 2 million subscribers. I don't even know. I, I don't even want to think about what that cat makes. He's targeting you know, his audience. Ding. And got it on lock. And you, you have these other. Go ahead. Man, I want to say it's like a thousand bucks. It's not as much as you'd think. Shorts, I mean, kids are, I don't know if you want to talk about numbers, but it's it's like fractions of pennies. They they do pay for shorts, but there's, mm-hmm. it's not like, it's a little different situation. So even with a million, that's when you start talking money. I don't want to diminish thousands of bucks. I'm just saying it's not like a million is like tens of thousands of dollars a month or anything. Well, but G can it it can be, you know. It's like I, I went ahead and I grabbed some numbers. I wasn't you know, prepared for the cast tonight, but I pulled and cross reference that you know the rough figure for a million views, oh, okay. uh, channel dependent, of course, is like two grand to fifteen grand. So okay. I mean, the you know, and that's and that's a single drop kind of thing. And the, you know, the the bill the millionaires that that are made by doing this, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. That, that would be like a, a subtopic for another show, perhaps. For sure. And hopefully this does spur people who have long-term converse, long-form conversations, plenty of topics or kernels or ideas or people that create content, you know, topics. Feel free to take them and elaborate on them or, or challenge some of the stuff we talked about or whatever. But, yeah. Um, you know, views, uh, pause just a second, if you don't mind, because that was based on views, like a million. Now, based on subscribers, a hundred thousand subscribers. You're supposed to be able to grind out, you know, two to four grand a month. No, now, I know. I know some channels. <laughs> that would depend that, on what you're doing. I mean, I have hundred and seventy thousand, yep. and I'm not making. I can make a couple of. We're allowed to talk about it now. I think I can make a couple of hundred if I'm just sitting here doing nothing. And then if I dance and do stuff for super chats and shit, you know, it could be a little bit more. Now, if mm-hmm. I was a channel talking about how to real estate or how to use, you know, Photoshop. Now, instead of what Gizzard, I don't know, even know the numbers because it's so little, you know, I have other, that doesn't pay bills. It pays a bill or two. I mean, I appreciate a couple hundred bucks, but it's not, I'm not living easy off of my YouTube. It has mm-hmm. been like that, not easy, but you know, it definitely has been more than that when I was paying more attention to it. But I, but let's say on the gun side, it's, I'd have to go look at numbers. And if you're a second amendment person, and you want to look at numbers, I'll show you my numbers. I'm just going to go look at them right this second. But let's say that it's something like a buck or two per thousand views over here on the gun stuff, because we're constantly getting kicked in the nuts and they're pushing us around or whatever and being mean to us to monetize on our shit and saying, well, we can monetize and all the other things they're mean to us about, but letting us use their platforms or whatever. But we're just last on the heap, right? Uh, if you were, if I was doing how to mortgage, how to, do Photoshop, how to do WordPress website developments and stuff like that, uh, and doing it in a whole big way that, you know, the real people that do it, $35, $35 per thousand. So now you're talking a million views. You're talking 
decent incomes. And a lot of those are individuals and those people are kind of super cool. Some of those people are like, here's how I make $35 million a year on YouTube. Here, and you turn the camera around and show you their thing. And here's how I do it. So, you know, if you're in a area where YouTube can get a lot of lucrative ads, yeah, there's some money over there. Okay. I'm saying all that because Gizzard is doing knives. Gizzard, I don't know if you are putting it on a separate channel also, but if Gizzard had Gizzard Gary knives, you know, blades, and it was separate, right? A monetized channel that is different than the gun channel. That one starts making 10 or 15 bucks every thousand views. Where on his gun channel, putting up a knife short might, you know, I'm just making numbers up, you know, might get two bucks a thousand views. So, you know, there's ways to understand the YouTube recipe. And instead of fighting it and being all mad that they don't give us money for the gun stuff, just go make a channel for your RV. Go make a channel for that mint jam you like to make at Christmas. You know, go make a channel for the pepperoni pizza that you eat. Every time you travel, you go to eat a pepperoni pizza somewhere and you've got, you know, an archive of pepperoni pizza pictures. Uh, you know, you've got beer steins in the den. Like, go make us a, a video about something else of your life and then make monetize the heck out of that. And let's chat about how to monetize that because YouTube is simple for making money. Just trying to make money off of the gun side is an uphill battle in a snowstorm with the blizzard or whatever, you know. And that's absolutely true. And I have thought about doing that. The only challenge to doing that is you have to build your, you have to build your base back up on that new, whatever new channel that you create, you're starting from, from scratch. scratch. So for a while, you're going to be building up sub counts again, you know, stuff like that. So it might be a long, slow process to get there versus having the, quote unquote brand recognition of what you already have. So that's a quandary there. Yep. You know, Gary, I have seen with some channels where they get so over large that they have to split themselves up. And one trend that I've seen that I think is really cool is channels will come up with their own shorts channel. So if you get locked into one of those and you just you're that just seems like a genius move. You have them wrapped they're right there. It's no long form. It's all short. Boom, boom. One after the other, one after the other. I've, I have been guilty of sitting and just scrolling shorts literally for hours and hours and hours. I've done it. And yeah, I'm almost, I'm almost ashamed, Gary, <laughs> you know, to, to make that kind of admission. But it is, it's, it's, you know, it's quick hits. It's quick jazz. It's flash. It, it just kind of works. And that movement keeps going. And so, you know, there'll be like split channels, you know, like, B channels is a thing that we, you know, we talk about sometimes in these circles, but I know a couple of like guitar ones where they're like four B channels. And, you know, uh, Gary, as you were saying, you know, having to reestablish those audiences, a lot of them drag off, drag off from the bigger, from the older one. So one that um, say like Philip McKnight, he's a, a guy that I really like, um, you know, guitar and music industry stuff. Um, he has a separate one that's just for say, guitar repairs and luthier work he has you know another one for this like for industry stuff he also has split up his podcast in a bunch of different ways so you know diversifying the con content within the platform i think is also something to do yeah G. how many how many subscribers does the luthier one have uh three hundred fifty thousand something <laughs> all right i'm gonna rub it in somebody's face one time so uh <laughs> uh um all right, I'm going to cut it there because we're two hours and three minutes, which I believe is pretty good because I farted around for like 10 minutes before Gizzard even jumped in. 
And then we kind of farted around for like 20 minutes, farting around with stuff before we actually started the robots agenda. We could have totally done the robots agenda if we would have been obedient inside of the two hours. So again, kudos to the robot for giving us the perfect, literally the perfect outline for a show. I'm always going to do this from now on, always. But we're hitting some comments. And my next comment came from, I forget now earlier, <clears throat> who was saying something again, I was trying not to interrupt or whatever, but my question was for the panel now and whoever else might still be listening, or if you're in the future, you are part of this conversation. You have the ability to leave comments. You could go over to Gizzards' Friday show and comment about this conversation. Then you could go to one of barbecues, ripoff shows. It might not be easy to watch because everything's kind of shifted and you have to kind of tune it in a little bit, but you could still ask this question or whatever. But or answer this question, do the changes in the platforms, right? Like the, now shorts is a big deal, but sometimes it's like they don't like touching guns, right? Hopefully I don't get tossed for doing this, right? Um, when those kind of things happen, good and bad, does that help or deter from motivation? Like having the occasional challenge, is that like, okay, cool. This is more than just boring, like doing the same thing over and over. Or is it like, damn it, I have to change again. Like, damn it. So are, are these good and bad things that constantly happen? Because all the platforms have them. Are these, okay, I'll shut up. I'm just saying, repeat myself. Well, I can speak from my experience and mine might be a little different than everybody else's because I'm an older guy. I'm probably more resistant to change than most. And when somebody first suggested doing shorts, I'm like, I don't want to do that. That's not what I do, blah, blah, blah. And it took me a few days of thinking about it to like, okay, well, that really wouldn't be that difficult to do. Let's try a few. Hey, this is working, you know. So it's not an instantaneous, hey, let's do something different. It's more along the lines of, well, for me anyway, I have to sit and think about it. And the uh, same way with uh, TOS violations or, you know, changes in YouTube terms. At first, it's like, well, crap, there goes my channel. And then once you get a day or two to think about it, it's like, okay, how do I continue going forward? Because I'm not going to chuck my channel. I'm not going to quit. So how do I succeed? So after a while, you figure out, okay, I got to get a game plan. And here's how we're going to do it from now on. Because now this is the rules. Or now shorts is the way to go. So... I think you're constantly making tweaks and adjustments and maybe even within yourself, resolving yourself to the fact of here's how you operate now and it's not going to be the same as you did a year or two ago. And that's okay. You have to be in this constantly changing environment. You have to be willing to reinvent yourself every once in a while. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes that can be a refreshing thing because it's kind of like a fresh start. So uh, that's the way I, I approach it anyway. As you're saying that, it's almost like if there's anything, again, two hours something into this, and it's definitely going to be, it's probably just us watching this at this point. Feel free to say something, but she fires when she did the super chat earlier was the last person to say something, and that was like a half an hour ago. So I'm pretty sure we're talking to ourselves here. But there are going to be people potentially listening to this and uh, if you want this kernel at the end or whatever, dang it. What Jay Gizzard was just saying about, refresh me, what were you just ending with there? Uh, 
occasionally having to reinvent yourself to adjust to the environment because oh, it's you. constantly changing? Thank you. I think the kernel that we can offer as being old timers who can't remember five seconds ago is that if you're going to build a project, don't build it thinking you're nailing it to the wall and it's going to be there forever. Mm -hmm, make mm -hmm. your project modular and portable, right? Like make a laptop, make a mobile device. Don't make your project something that's hardwired into the infrastructure because that infrastructure ain't going to last and you're going to want to be somewhere else maybe at some point. You are going to sacrifice a bit. It's a little bit. You're going to sacrifice a little portion. Can't say that word, I guess. Uh, somebody gets all excited. Uh, you're going to sacrifice a little something, but uh, because it's a little more comfortable, I guess, to be established and whatever the hardwired thing is. But I think a little bit of, again, if we can offer some advice on mansplaining, pre-mansplaining, if that's a new thing, um, premeditated mansplaining, and that's something else. Uh, <laughs> but if we can offer some advice, yeah, like build your project, you know, and I think everybody is, but in case you were thinking, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and spread out and be this way forever. Like it's going to actually be pretty tough. That's actually yeah, probably too. the only thing you can't do is just be the same thing forever. It just won't happen. Yeah, And, and to this last point, I, I think it's absolutely a case of adapt or die. If you don't stay dynamic and if you're not, con if you're not in motion, then that's death. And it could be a quick one too. So yeah, adapt or die. That's like my nugget. You probably get bored too. I would think. I don't know. I'm definitely the type. Mm. I don't like to jump at the new next new thing all the time. But I understand that there's there's profit and potential at being in that front end of the bell curve, than either sitting up at the top of the bell curve, just kind of being safely never wrong or never right. You know, you're just kind of always in the crowd. But you know that that front part where it's a little bit more fun to be uh anyway you know there's there's anyway so uh barbecues kid got girl scout cookies we've had that pinned up there uh no obligation but if you're going to get some anyway or if you got a couple extra bucks and we talked about you can donate them you can kind of pass them forward if you're not into eating them and there's some of them you can't even order because they're weird um yep. i thought about this for gizzard i don't know if you want to try this you do a bunch of different shorts. When you put out a short, somebody's going to be the first comment on it. And if you, I don't know if you're scheduling your shorts or you're doing them randomly, but you know, it's up to you how you schedule them or how you, when you post them. If you were to post a short and say the first comment on my shorts gets in the running for a short giveaway or something, you know, on your Friday show, would that be a way to increase and insist in what's the word, uh, you know, gain some engagement or, you know, what's the word? Uh, ask, you know, try to get some engagement on the shorts and then. Well, yeah, that's a cross-pollination there. That's where you use one format to drive content towards another. Kind of like I did the other last Friday when I did a short to promote my foul territory. And believe it or not, that worked. That's the most people I've had watch foul territory in several weeks. So, Interesting, because you get a different audience to those shorts. It's a different mm -hmm. format and everything, and now they're aware that you got this other thing that you do that isn't just a video. It's a live thing for an hour, two hours. Sweet. Right. Yeah, after a while, you realize these are different people watching this. Maybe you could get one to go see the other. So it's worth if, a if, shot, definitely. Is there a, a stories? Like, can you go live on YouTube up and down, or am I crazy? 
don't think so. A, is there a YouTube stories? There's just I'm I'm trying to I've been doing a lot lately, so I'm trying to remember. There's an Instagram, there's Instagram story, stories, and there's Instagram shorts. No, but Instagram shorts. reels. Reels. Is reels. reels. That's what I was trying to get it. So reels are long format videos, essentially on Instagram, and not that many people use them. Is that correct? Well, you can do long format in reels, but the reels. The Reels feed is primarily shorts anymore. At first, they were long-format videos, and mm -hmm. you can still put those there, but the people who are going to consume stuff off of the uh, Reels feed, they're consuming shorts, and it's essentially the same thing as TikTok or Oh, okay, YouTube so when I go on the, on the Instagram, and I'm looking at it, and I've got essentially squares that I can go up and down with, and then I've got these circles at the top that I can go left and right with. Those circles are the stories. Oh, the stories. Okay. Yeah. That's a little different. You can. And those last for 24 hours and they can right. be videos and stuff. But you're talking about when you're down at the squares part and you're going up and down, every once in a while, those will turn into a video. And if right. you watch those videos, it'll give you like three of them. And if you click on one, now you're in these like long rectangle videos. Those are the. I keep calling them shorts. Those are not stories. Those are real. No, those aren't those reels. Are those reels. are reels. Yeah. Those, those are, are reels. reels. Mm -hmm. And that's the key right now. The reels are where all the money is. I end up watching reels. I don't even go. Well, one reason is because Instagram won't feed me guns. If I look at my, my regular pictures on Instagram, I almost immediately see, like I, I follow a couple of pet and dog ones. So I'll see dogs and stuff from people but it refuses to show me guns. So back in the olden days of Instagram, I could just scroll through and see everybody's gun pictures like randomly. And now it's like, you know, windsurfing and some kid doing something or like some lady doing something. It's just like random shit because it doesn't know what to do and it won't send show me guns or show me guns. And the people that I follow just don't do that much stuff anymore, I guess, you know, so it'll, I'll click on those stories and now it's like, look how fast this guy welds or like, look at how they can do this thing on a, rice farm or whatever and then look at this travel thing like it's yeah that's a whole nother i don't know so you're using those on instagram also Are yeah you... i uh every every short or practically every short that i put on youtube i eventually also upload to instagram on reels and, and, and uh, believe it or not on a lot of that stuff i'll get better view counts over on the instagram side than i will on youtube and then does that do anything for you, though? Uh, well, right now, Instagram doesn't monetize me. So as far as, you know, realizing any financial gain from it, no, there's zero. But uh, I mean, it, is there engagement? Do people chat? And is yeah, like, there's oh, engagement. Okay. Uh, just like YouTube, they can leave comments and stuff. And the nice thing about it is, let's say I feature... Well, for example, a gun or a knife, I can tag that company... And they can see that I've featured their content. So, you know, when you approach this company and say, well, you know, if you were trying to work with them, you can see, okay, well, I promoted six of your knives on TikTok. And, you know, so they can see that, you, you know, you're actually producing valuable content because the idea is, well, at least to a manufacturer, they want their stuff out there on 
Instagram, they want it out there on YouTube shorts so people will see that knife or that gun and say, I want that. Yeah, and people often think of, well, here's me and there's him and I'm different, so therefore I have no value. But in reality, think of they want as many anchors as they can possibly get. They want as many ropes out from their website as they possibly can. It'd be nice if every rope went to the top of the hills, but they know that that's not realistic and it's not really what they want. They want ropes going out to everything. So if you think of the manufacturer's website as this thing that wants to you know, be attached to the community, if it only had one avenue, then I guess some of them think that's exclusive or something and they value that, but most of them want as many kind of connections as they possibly can. So it's not a matter of, am I big enough is a matter of, you know, have I approached them? And, you know, if, 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 well, again, that kind of gets into another topic, but there's definitely plenty of opportunities. They definitely value people in different niches, people trying things different ways they might like the way that you do lighting or they just like the way that you're doing something and they can value it. But really they're going to also value that you're another permanent link from a valid platform. And unless you stop immediately and your channel goes dead, more than likely you're going to keep, you know, in all reality, you're going to keep growing your channel and you're going to have created valid links to them from this growing channel. So yeah, what you're creating is actually like, back in the old days when we would think of like you want to promote your dentist shop how are you going to do that you're going to like put ads in the yellow pages right like you're going to put ads in the white pages or whatever this was like a printed out version of the internet back in the day and since they had to print it out they would charge you so they would charge you to put an ad and if you put a big ad it costs way more and if you just had your name in there it still cost you money essentially you're giving them you know let's say it's a small ad you know let's give them just the you know the white pages type of ad they're still you're getting them an white pages ad for free it might not be the big yellow page ad but who cares you're giving them a white page ad and they value that because it's a white page ad over here in this county and now they're going to have people calling from that county it might not be a million people but they they value you know feedback and in, insight and when it's something like a knife or a flashlight or a reloading equipment you know they're not sending all that stuff to the whatever you think the other person is. So here, this is about valuing your voice. Like, hopefully this gives you a little bit of... And depending on what it is you're promoting, especially in the case of a knife, you can put a short on TikTok. Well, TikTok allows you to copy that over to Instagram. So you can bounce right, right from one platform right to another with that same short. Well, what does Instagram connect you with? Facebook. So all of a sudden... That's not just on YouTube anymore. It's on TikTok. It's on Instagram. It's on Facebook. It's on four. And if you share it on TikTok or on Twitter, you know, you've got four or five different platforms people can see that on. It's out there on the web for everybody to see. Now, we're already two hours in. Unless you're about to fall asleep, let me ask you a question. That's going to get nerdy for a second. You're making a short and it's one and it's one minute or less long and you've made it on YouTube and you've put music on it because YouTube lets you put music on it mm. and then, you know, words or something. And now you've posted it on YouTube. Are you taking that same clip and creating a separate thing to put on TikTok or are you taking that finished short from YouTube and putting that on TikTok? You've or, got to be careful no. with that because each platform has its specific... Uh, copyright agreements with music artists. 
That's what I was thinking about. Okay. So, yeah, you've pretty much got to strip that out and start that over again in order to stay within their rules. If you didn't put a music on there, or if you just said something like an, oh, what do they call that? A voiceover. And you mm-hmm. said, this is a Civivi, blah, 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 metal, right? And then there was no music. It's just you saying that. Or maybe it's music that's you. Like you're just going, do, 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 Smeggy's little dingle. Or mm-hmm. dingle. Yeah. So if you were to do that, would you have to re-upload it to TikTok? Or is it somehow TikTok sucks it off of YouTube? Uh, no, you would have to re-upload it to TikTok. But TikTok allows you to instantly share over to Instagram. And inst- Instagram allows you to instantly share over to Facebook because they're connected with each other. So you can save yourself a lot of steps if you know the proper order to do things. So. Okay, and that's the way it sounded. So then are you familiar with if, then, this, that, or whatever it's called? Mm-mm. It's a redirect. It's a Sputnik, essentially. So it's a service. I think it might cost something for a, a using it a lot. But essentially, it, you can tell it every time I post a YouTube video, turn it into an Instagram post, turn it into a Twitter post, turn it into a TikTok post and post them with the description. And it's essentially a Sputnik. A Sputnik was just a bounce a mirror up in space so that you would you know, you'd send a signal and it would disperse, it would repeat the signal four times, like in four directions. So that's essentially what this, and there's others. I just was wondering if you use something like that to distribute, but it sounds like you're doing it more of like a domino effect where since this one feeds to this one and this one is this one, if I put it here first, I don't have to take as many steps. Right. not doing like one step and having robots move it all around from you, shuffle it all around. Okay. Correct. Okay. Um, so there's two different ways to do that, but that's interesting. So I haven't really thought too much about that because I just haven't like, thought about that much. But sometimes that's fun to do. And it is neat that I don't do anything on Twitter for what it's worth. Every once in a while, I'll go put something on Twitter. But anything you see on mine of mine on Twitter is because I got robots that if I do something over here, it bounces it to Twitter. So that way I'm doing essentially what you're doing. But I got a robot that picks it up and moves it. I, I know what you're talking about. It's just that for a long time, I didn't like having to log into Facebook ever, but I let my robot log into Facebook. And then I said, if I post something to Instagram, post it to Instagram, I can like post it to Facebook and like Pinterest, you know, those kind of things, like stuff I'm not going to log into ever really. But I kind of like the idea of it just storing my pictures over there. And I guess there's people over there talking about it. But since I'm over, not over there, you know, they're probably not doing much. It's just like an archive. Anyhow. It's a kind of a side topic. Um, since we're talking robots a little bit, I was just curious if, uh, one, if you were doing it, and two, if you had, I would have talked about that. Yeah, I didn't um, know anything like that existed, to be honest. Oh, we'll talk a little bit about that offline then. Maybe I'll talk about that tomorrow with Clover. I'm trying to come up with something to talk about with Clover tomorrow. Pink is saying, sorry, just saw, seeing the email. Yeah, no worries, dude. I'm going to uh, c- continue to do these open source, I'm calling this, and we now are under the, not control of the robots. I'm just doing whatever the robots tell me. I'm just going to do the show according to how the robots demand. But it turns out to be a great way to do the show, and, it, and it's perfect. Um, so I'll send you links whenever you are able to jump in. Feel free. Definitely got some cop car stuff to chat about. Um. We're going to go off air here in a second because Barbecue wanted to talk about that laptop. If anybody's got any ideas about that laptop, first, don't buy it. I didn't realize that there was only one left when I posted the link, but I thought maybe if there's some nerds listening, uh, we posted a link. If you've got any insight about that, 
feel free to let us know if you think that would be a good laptop for video editing. Um, otherwise, I think I might be talking to ourselves in pink because there's not that many people out there. Um, the next was Chief Hires talking about the community polls to ask questions. And I know Link Gizzard responded to this, but if you guys got the energy to keep talking, um, why not mention this? Because I think I agreed. You said, I think. Oh, yeah, you did it right here. Uh, I think it's, I agree with you. I mean, I like videos and everything, but when they added the community tab and started giving us some power over there, I really have, the, I have a lot of fun with the community tab. I really like it. Yeah, it's kind of uh, taken away from having to do all your interaction on other platforms. If you can do it right on YouTube where all your people are, you can engage a lot more people that way. That's the way I look at it. I know DJ doesn't do so much on his channel, but you interact with it. And I don't know if barbecue is still awake. It's late for him. But what do you guys think about the community tab? Are you like, give that much of a shit about it? Or do you have a positive or negative? I didn't really seek it out in the beginning. I was like a, a slow to adopt sort of deal. Some channels use it really effectively. It's another one of those with constant engagement. It's something I will check in on. Um, I do like channels that remind um viewers to go check out the community tab um and if and when they say something more than you know check out my community tab for more information if they make a reference to what might be the latest entry or something you know to just spark interest or intrigue you know something to get them to be able to to go grab some of that stuff i i dig it i think it's a great way to do it um the the major traffic that i see in those channels is is core groups um, it's the same cats that, that uh, will regularly populate the comment section, uh, attend and attend lives and stuff like that. Some people become big fans and consumers. That's just yet another avenue. So I dig it. Yeah. Um, as far as community tab goes, uh, I'm not really regular with it. Normally when I find something that piques my interest or if there's something that I'm trying to push, then I will utilize it. So if there is something that, uh, you know, another channel did that, I'm like, oh, hey, this is worth listening to. I'll go and drop it in my community uh, tab. Likewise, if I, like, I, I just did it for my Every Second Matters photo, as well as uh, pushing the moving sale for Alan Anchor. Uh I dropped photos over my community tab and said, Hey, check these out. You know, gave a little description, things like that. So, um, I definitely use, utilize the community tab. Um, I, I'm sure I probably get better interaction with it if I was more consistent with it, which is the story of any content creation is really going to be consistency. If you're irregular, people don't know when to tune in. They don't know when to look for a video drop or anything like that. Then they're not, gonna be catching it but if they know like with gizzard show hey every friday night 10 p.m eastern gizzard gary's going live with foul territory and they can show up but if gizzard is like oh i'm just gonna go live on friday night and then you know what it's sunday now i'm just gonna do one sunday and you know it was all sporadic it's probably not gonna have the same uh, audience, it's not going to have the same draw that it has having that regularity. And um, yeah, so 
going back to community tab, I think that's one of the drawbacks for me is I'm not regular with it. That's interesting for a live thing. I think that I can, I mean, I have to agree with you. I think that's a hundred percent accurate. I don't agree, I don't do it. I mean, I don't, but I understand that's, I agree with you, but for the community tab, here's why I wonder, because I was going to say at the beginning here, or as you were talking, I didn't want to interrupt you, but one of the first things I wanted to reply to you is, uh, I don't know if you guys realize you can schedule the community tab massively powerful. So something that you know is yes. going to happen. I don't know, free patch Friday, right? You can grab a folder on your computer somewhere, have a shit ton of free patch Friday pictures in there, copy and paste some boilerplate free patch Friday. So good, blah, 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 buy stuff. Your life's better because you bought stuff and everybody's happy when you buy things, right? At gearwebsites.com. You put that in there and then what I'll do, and this happens all the time, I'll be sitting there and I'll be like procrastinating or not wanting to start a project and I'm watching somebody's show. So I'm like, oh, I'm busy. I'm doing work over here. And I'll just copy and paste, you know, paste, open up the folder, drop a picture in there, schedule it for next when, uh, next Thursday or whatever, next Friday. And then drop another paste, you know, drop another picture, schedule that one for the Friday after, Friday after, the Friday after. You could sit there listening to somebody's show and schedule the entire year's worth of free patch Fridays out. Now, you know, you do the next time you're farting around, you're looking for something to do or procrastinate against. Or what am I trying to say? Like, you know, not do something else you're supposed to be doing. Boom. You, you, you know, now you have, a. will put, you've seen the kind of stuff I have in there. Every month there's a poll to say which organization do you think is so good. Uh, there's some stuff in there that's just like kicking the nuts every once in a while. Like, hey, what are you building an audience for? Like, come on, what are you doing with your audience? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. Value your voice, right? I don't just go, ah, I care about everybody so much. Like, I'll be bored listening to barbecue and he never gives me a link, Right. So I got to sit there, or not barbecue, G23. Like, he never sends me a link. So you don't really give me a link. Well, no, you put a link usually out there. So it's yeah, it's always pinned. I'm busy or something, yeah. But with G23, it's like, you know, I get a link occasionally. So most of the time, I'm just listening to his show. And if I'm not in the middle of doing something, or a lot of times, you know, it's not like I'm lazy. It's just that I'm trying to do something. And when you're trying to do something creative, let's say, you know, you need to get that spark. Or you're, like, poking around different things. You know, you're sketching stuff, trying to figure out something. So, you know, sometimes you take a break from that. And that's where it's perfect. Like, boom, you just like schedule a whole bunch of, again, like I'll call those like two way kick in the nuts, like, you know, inspirational, like the girls will say something like, blah, blah, blah. Like, remember, you're not alone, sister. And I'll be like, hey, what are you doing with your channel? Right. Like, I'll just post those, you know, do one this month, one next month, one next month. And that's where the community tab is cool. So uh, I do that because I can do it. Right. It's something to do to act like I'm being constructive. But after a couple of years of using it like that, I can't say that I'm like a huge channel. I barely get growth. You know, I'm not losing subs anymore, but it's kind of like shorts. The people that probably see that aren't the people that are like, well, now I am going to stay up all night and listen to three hours of this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm too all over the place. But if I was a pretty consistent channel and it was all about, you know, magazines or optics or whatever channels are about, you know, I could I can see some real power there. But anyway, I guess I'm also saying I don't know if the consistency is necessary. That's why I guess my my point. There's there's power in the scheduling, but after a years or more actually of scheduling like that, you guys have seen. I mean, I don't remember to wake up and do a free patch Friday. I just have those scheduled out till 2034 or whatever. 
because YouTube is one of the only platforms that lets you. I have not figured out where it lets you schedule out to. I'll get sick of scheduling stuff out before I reach the end. Facebook only lets you do three months out. Uh, Instagram lets you do three months out. Twitter, I don't know if I'd bother because, like I say, I let my Twitter get bounced. I don't. If I schedule my Twitter, it starts to double up. I don't know if you noticed when I hold on, like for a week there, I was like, had double Twitter posts. Like, What's going on? I'm like, oh, wait a minute. All my Twitter's bounced. So as soon as I post something somewhere else, I don't have to post it on Twitter. It's going to bounce over there. Anyhow, so uh, consistency on time on live, for sure. Even on produced video. They always say, like, if you're going to do produced video, you know, you pick a time, Wednesday at 6, post your video at Wednesday at 6 all the time. So people know that, you know, if they're looking forward to watching that premiere or whatever, or, you know, that fits into their schedule or whatever. They know that Wednesday when they get home from work, your video is waiting for them. If it's not there, it's the same thing as leaving them hanging, right? We hit all the questions. We're two and a half hours in approximately. I don't know if it's quite a marathon, but this is approximately what I'd like to do every single evening. I'd be happy to sleep all day. It's getting to be Arizona here. It's getting to be hot. Pretty soon it'll be uncomfortably hot, but nicely. And I'd be more than happy to sleep all day, wake up and do this show all night long. Not just for the people who I value, the people that reset the world, the people that are building everything and delivering everything, cleaning everything, you know, refilling everything, all the stuff that people take for granted, all the stuff that people think magically gets happens by robots, all those folks, I value them, right? I've been those jobs. I, I know those people my whole life, and that's where I feel more comfortable at night like this. Happy to do the show all night long. We could probably do a phone number. Should we do a phone number and do call-ins? But uh, that would be awesome. It'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. The show for like four hours each night, you know, just getting warmed up at the two and a half hour mark. If I did that format, my goal would be 2A, really boring 2A stuff at the beginning of the show in order to grind. Like, I don't do this show because I got nothing else better to do. I do this show because I have a lot of ambitious projects, and this gives me a place to either sandbox them or keep my motivation going because they get frustrating sometimes when you're just building sites, you know, that are hopefully for the future, hopefully for the people that don't know they need them because we're in the time between attacks. But, you know, it's nice when we're having an attack to be able to offer a resource. Like, here are the other, you know, comment periods. I'm ready for that, right? So I appreciate the Patreons who make it possible for me to be able to build those resources. And like I said, really valued the time to be able to do that during the show. And that's what we would do for the first couple hours, like hardcore 2A stuff. Then the middle of the show, however long the show can be, the creamy middle of the Oreo, let's say, the necessary part, the stuff of the... Oreo, um, that would be the gun talk. I can gun talk better than anybody else on YouTube. I literally originated it. I was the largest channel under Nothing Fancy for a long time. And then I decided to leave that shit behind. I didn't get caught off guard and not understand how the world works. I had been in the internet game and did not want to go down that path. So I can talk guns way better than anybody else because I'm not desperate to be part of you know somebody's marketing plan. I have actual experience being a kid and growing up around guns. So, you know, except for all the new grip angles and fancy red dots, I'm not going to be able to keep up on those conversations, but I know people to bring in who are, and you know, will, and I'll just go walk the dog or something during those conversations, but we can have nerdy gun talk, getting into the history, getting into the nuts and bolts 
getting into, you know, just bringing in people, having kind of, you know, conversations that are recorded. But like I say, I can do this all night long. Then at the end of the show, however long the show happens to be, whenever we get to this point where I'm fully funded, at some point here, I'm going to start putting out some feelers for uh, sponsoring this because I'm sick of waiting around because we could literally be building every second matters for the first two hours of every night. And how fast would every second matters get built at that pace, right? Bringing people on board like, hey, roll up your sleeves, drink some fucking coffee. We're building every second matters for the next month, right? Then it exists. <clears throat> so we could be doing that and then talk nerdy after until people fall asleep. Then the last hour of the show, we would drink some coffee and we would create a morning show for the people who are in the industry, the people that are working at gun shops, hanging out at the range or, you know, uh, safety officers at the range, people that are going to work at the in industry jobs, people that uh, might be hanging out at a gun show or at some industry event, give them three things you need to know. You know, we just got done building everything tonight, having a good time. Here's what you need to do to get ready for the day. Here's the stuff that's coming up on the calendar. Here's the stuff to remind your customers about. Here's the important stuff. Here's the stuff that you do not have to worry about. That would be a cool show. I think that'd be neat and I'm ready to do it. So I'm thinking about putting that into gear. So if that's too ambitious, then you can just go to sleep and wake up and somebody will, you know, offer you grip angles and red dots all day in three minute videos that don't lose your attention span. But if you're down for like an Art Bell style two-way conversation each night that builds something that grows, yeah, let's do it. Um, we'll do this until then. Uh, anybody want to chat anything up or shout anything out or pop anything off or dig? Is there anything? Is there anything for down? Down anything low before we head out? I'd just like to remind everybody that if you go over to Gizzer Gary's channel, he does have a channel member link, and you can become a channel member and uh, help support his endeavors, as well as if you go over to the Daily Gun Show channel, uh, which is run by G-Webs, you can become a channel member there as well, as that channel is still monetized. Uh, no, you can't, because I didn't set up memberships over there. I've thought about oh, it. Snap. You, can, you can super chat, and I think that means you can thank. Can you super thank or whatever it's called? So if you're mm -hmm. listening to this show on that channel, I think you can say thanks monetarily, but I appreciate that. But I haven't ever monetized or I haven't put membership over there, even when the big channel got demonetized for like a month or more, because I just felt it would be like a fucking back and forth for everybody. Right. Like, hey, yep. where am I a member at or whatever? It's hard enough for me to remember because I'll get a super chat from there every once in a while. The reason for that channel being monetized is a whole nother story I'll tell you about off air. But that was a whole like pain in the ass that I monetized that channel. And it's actually just a pain in the ass because I don't think about it ever. And then every once in a while, there's like $30 in it. And it's because people like Skid were just super chatting over there. And I totally don't even know about it. And I think YouTube doesn't give you the money until you get $25 or something. So, you know, I can't depend on it. But every once in a while, I'm like, yeah. Or like, I'm like, what happened? My YouTube went to $25. <laughs> And it's that channel, you know, throwing me $25 or something. So uh, out of nowhere. So anyway, it's just I never put money or never put membership over there because it's sort of like my old truck that I keep next to the garage that half the time I forget I have it. And every once in a while, I got to get license plates for it. You know, like sometimes it's a handy convenience and other times it's like an inconvenient annoyance. I don't know if anybody else has a second channel like that, but. Hard enough keeping one channel going because YouTube isn't my only gig. This is the thing, right? This is the thing that we're chatting on right now. And it's certainly big. I've had a lot of fun with YouTube, 
and I value it. However, there's a lot of internet out there, and YouTube is a chunk of it, but it ain't the whole internet. Anyway, Just a portion I, of the gun website's empire. Got it. Um, Gizzard, I don't know. Did whatever you were you done? I like to interrupt you there, but I don't know if I'm assuming you were done. Yeah, that's all I had. Gizzard, got anything? Otherwise, we're heading out. I'd just like to remind everybody that uh, I do have a Friday night live stream, as was mentioned before. Friday nights at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, foul territory. It's a two-hour panel discussion. We also have a swag giveaway, and uh, we display viewer Gorn. And uh, if you'd like, uh, come by and join us. We'd love to have you. <clears throat> and I'd like to uh, thank you for the invite, G-Webs. You bet. Thanks again for being willing to jump on. So all of you, you know, are willing to jump on and be part of a basically a three-hour conversation, spur of the moment, in the middle of the night. Uh, for the people who appreciate it, I'm saying thanks for them because, you know, again, you guys uh, are doing something that has value. And I think it's more than just me and my little co-host who was bad before the show, so he wasn't featured today. Uh, we're going to end it with that. Show host being bad. Uh, thanks to She Fires for the uh, super chat. Thanks to Skid for that super chat. And I believe there was another super chat from Skid. So thank you very much, everybody, uh, for the financial support. As capitalists, uh, it is much appreciated. I'm going to leave it with a commercial for our your website store. On Fridays, we have free patches, but here's a spoiler. I throw free patches in pretty much all the time. Just say something like, you said something about free patches as you're filling out the order, and then I'll know you're not. Well, I guess I'll know if you're not from eBay, but most of the time, if you're not from eBay, I'm throwing free patches in there. I don't care what day it is. Definitely got a bunch from SHOT Show. Um, I'll also plug the WhatNot. I've been getting a bunch of people joining the WhatNot channel, so we'll definitely continue to do the patch thing on Sundays. And I'll keep playing around. Oh, isn't that interesting? So I'll make this full screen again. This is another reason he's bad. His head down here, big fat head, is squishing, and it made a thing come up here. He's making a sticky key thing happening because he's jamming my shift key down, big fat head. So, let me move this big fat head out of the way. Um, so thanks for joining us on whatnot. I'll be kind of throwing different things up on Saturdays. So uh, depending, I got the sewing machine came in today, but I wasn't able to go get it. So I don't know if I'll be, you know, depending on how soon I can get it up and running. Um, like I said, it has nothing to do with Saturday, but, you know, we might have some uh, prototype stuff or some one-off or some errors, blemishes or whatever, depending on if the machine works good right off the bat uh, for the Sunday thing. Uh, and then if you have ideas, I guess I was going on this for the Saturday stuff. Um, if you have ideas from stuff I've mentioned before or just stuff that you think would be neat to uh, see go up there that's within their terms of service, then uh, let us know in the comments or on one of the platforms out there. I guess I was mentioning FOSS made this commercial. Thanks for that. <laughs>
Oh, I guess I forgot to mention the donut eating contest. At first, Ghost was not even on the board. He ended up winning 44%. Barbecue, 33%. DJ and Gizzard, 11% each. So I don't know if that makes Barbecue the winner because Ghost uh, jumped out of here. Funny thing is, I would lose that. You don't like chocolate donuts? That's one reason. Plus, since I had to have that surgery, oh, I, I can't eat hardly anything. Yeah, you literally... So they were all wrong. Oh, snap. That was kind of like a trick question for those in the know. All right, now we're ending it with the donut situation. 